2: Hey, this is Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast. They're going to give you a reason to live, make you feel like you're the king of the mountain. And when it's all said and done, they're going to dance all over your face.
0: Oh, yeah. We got some good looking girls. Oh, yeah. a people want a little bit of rock and roll. I people want a little bit of rock and roll.
2: Yellow. Hey what's up there Kiss Army Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 88 Eric Lindros Ugh. But we're calling this one Carrie Stevens Tom Oh yeah <laughs> If you told me Two years ago when we were talking about a podcast
3: That we would have Carrie Stevens On our show Oh boy unbelievable and
2: and we would get to skype with her and see her talking to us
3: yeah yeah it's it was pretty amazing i mean that that's the amazing part other than that i'm kind of in a mood right now
2: yeah we both are yeah so the uh we'll get to the interview part but and it's a pretty good long interview so we want to get to and we want to skip through the rest of the stuff so i'm assuming you're breathing so you're fine. I'm so we alive. can skip. The, we can skip the uh, <laughs> the uh, salutations and all that.
1: Right. <laughs> right.
2: Right. Right. And uh, let's go right to the main stuff that we normally get to, and that is polls. Right off the bat, what yeah. do you do with polls?
3: Yeah. So last week we did uh, a special
2: with two polls. Special what? Special what? Yeah, two polls. Um, you're giving me work to do now when you I say know. words like that.
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, we had our good friend uh, and funny guy, and fellow Paisan author, drummer, Joey Casada. and uh we talked about songs that we prefer live versus studio and vice versa songs we prefer studio versus live so one of the polls was um of these four which of these is the best is better live compared to studio and that was harder than hell let me go rock and roll hundred thousand years and coming home and let me go rock and roll uh was kind of the runaway winner there uh, which isn't that big of a surprise. I think everybody acknowledges that that live version, especially the version on Alive, live um, is amazing. And me and you have both said that the uh, Tommy solo on the end of the road tour makes that song stand out in the live version too.
2: Mm-hmm. What were the, what were the, what was the breakdown? Do you have that? Uh, yeah.
3: The breakdown was let me go rock and roll 37%, hundred thousand years, 25, harder than hell, 20 coming home, 18 so what i wanted to say i don't understand how coming home from mtv unplugged falls last but that's okay
2: what i wanted to say is i think that's our most spread across the board poll we've ever done probably yeah the you're fourth right place had 18 percent.
3: yeah yeah that's true yeah this one the next one not so close so this was the reverse we had four songs and said which of these has the better studio version compared to when it's played live. And these were, actually, no, I'm sorry. They were close. Yeah. Forever, Heaven's on Fire, Christine 16, and I Want You. Heaven's on Fire was the winner, 33%. Right behind it was Forever at 31%. Then we had I I Want You at 21, and Christine 16 at
2: 15%. Even 15% for number four is good.
3: It is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so those are the polls. That was a great episode. We had a lot of conversation with Joey, not just about studio versus live. Uh, we talked a lot about the band. We talked a lot about Paul, the drummers. And, uh, and of course, Joey being a drummer made that episode that much more uh, fun and, uh, and interesting.
2: Joey always brings a different dynamic. And I think when he comes on, he gets to be himself with us. And uh, a couple people were commenting, like, "Holy shit, you got him to like fucking let loose." Yeah, you know, maybe when he goes on other places, he's uh, not as uh, not as uh, forthcoming. Maybe a little bit in sunshine, happy land, or perhaps, something.
1: But per- perhaps but when he's
2: here, he, he <clears throat> lets it, he lets it fly. On uh, Facebook, Tom, we got a few comments. Okay, uh, our friend over down under, Scott Donaldson, said, uh, "Finally got to listen, guys. I loved it." Really enjoyed the discussion and thoughts of Joey About Eric Singer As a fellow drummer I agree with many of his thoughts Unfortunately today I feel Eric has lost his mojo And the songs don't have the same feel As it did when he first joined Cars playing on Animalize Is unmatched As a side note I also believe that ES shouldn't sing Beth And Tommy should do a 2000 man With a guitar solo At least Whoa. that's a cover Yep. Until next time. Remember now, Scott is in the Kiss cover band in Australia. Correct. Yep. He's right? the drummer. Yeah. So I love hearing that perspective because we're always taught that. Oh, Eric Singer is very proficient. It's nice hearing that two drummers picked up on that. It's funny too. Same thing.
3: It's funny too. Real quick, then I'm going to let you continue. But what what stood out for me was what Scott said about you know eric singer losing his mojo obviously everybody acknowledges he's a great drummer but i remember when we did one of our end of the road concert reviews for the shows i remember i remember specifically saying eric looked bored like he looked like he was literally just kind of sitting there, just hitting this, you know, with the sticks and like he wasn't into it. So it could be an age thing. It could be, Hey, I know these songs backwards and forwards. I can just sit here with one eye open and play them. But I, I thought that was an interesting comment from Scott and you're right. Having drummers comment on drummers is uh lends a way more credibility than hearing from us.
2: You know, you're right. It's really kind of, it's becomes work for them. Yeah. It's probably work for Eric. It's not fun to go out and, you know, Right. Play the same set, the same stuff Same get-up Play to a track, perhaps And, you know, it's not Spontaneous rock and roll Fuck exactly. it, let's do this Hey, let's play this song, let's do the. It's not Yep. So, to him, now it's just, okay This is the time, this is my work, this is where I go And just, You know, I park my car here I go yeah. to grab my coffee Sit down, fill up my TPS reports You know <laughs> Exactly, that's no, true Right, yep, uh, Daniel, yep. Daniel People says Oh man, Eric's singing Beth I really don't care that it's considered Someone else's signature song I just can't believe they waste our time playing it mm. Let Eric come out And sing Hard Luck Woman or Coming Home Let Paul focus on four to five songs He can nail And share the stage a bit Personally I like to hear Gene sing forever Whatever buddy well, I, don't uh, about, I don't know about that I don't, I don't need to see the demon do it But I still like to hear it Right. I agree okay. with the majority of your list. I love the studio versions of Fits Like a Glove, but the cool ending on Animalize Live Uncentered video always gets me when Gene Paul and Bruce do their little trade-off parts. Yeah. And I hate hating on Tommy, but none of the Bruce era songs sound good. Maybe that's because of what Joey said about tuning. I don't have the ear to notice why it sounds off. It just does. But Unholy on a live 3 doesn't sound that great either. Yeah, good point. Now, no, good, good stuff. The last is one of our, one of my favorites is Kevin Jepsen. Damn, Mr. Casada doesn't hold back. I love the passion and honesty. So, yeah, that's uh, great. that's Facebook, Tom. What do you got? So Twitter. So picking up on that, it was funny. So Twisted
3: Kister writes, Casada walks in, notices Eric Singer, and then underneath, it's a GIF of a guy with a flamethrower. <laughs>
2: I don't want, I don't mean to shit on Eric singer, but blah, 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 blah.
3: <laughs> he did. He came in with a fucking blowtorch, but, uh, it was, that's, that's one of the reasons why we love having Joey on. And, oh and that was, and and that, that, that conversation about drummers, that was like completely spontaneous. It just kind of went there when we were talking about why we love certain songs live versus studio. And then it just took on a life. It, of also, its own.
2: it also had to do with our friend, Sonny. Who, yeah. Who, 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 in our Text exchange just kind of try to backtrack. Well, I really didn't say it like that. I'm like, ah, (laughs) you know what you said. We got the text. That's right.
3: Go ahead. uh, And then uh, our buddy Todd Herrick. Good thing the lawn needs mowing. Shout it out loud, cast and mowing the lawn go so well together, especially when you throw a quesadilla in the mix, meaning Joey quesadilla. Yeah. JR, fun episode. Eric Singer is the perfect drummer for Pandemic Paul in Germaphobe Gene. <laughs> <laughs> How did we not think of that one? Yeah. Oh, baptize a new character. Um, <laughs> Bill Elam, Joey Casada, in in singer's defense, he's the only drummer in Kiss who's most likely playing to a click track to keep the tempo. If he was cut loose, it'd be somewhat of a different story. Bill, just, Bill, Bill, Bill yeah. Elam, it's a big, big uh, excuse me, good point. He might be onto something there. Our buddy Steve and our buddy Deuce, as always, we love those guys chiming in with their lists and their opinions. Uh, Shane Swan, just listening now, guys, I think one of the reasons they're not putting anything out is uh, it will come out when their touring days are over? But I agree, give us something, and that's Shane commenting on uh, you know the discussion about the lack of of material put out by the band.
2: Hey Tom, what was Deuce's number one song played live? What was Deuce's number one song played
3: live? Better live than studio. Let's see. I know I, I have that here. Uh, um, I'll give you a hint. It's okay. Deuce oh yeah yeah i know well you know what that the reason i uh, i think we talked about that it it seems like such a such a an obvious around yeah everybody's gonna pick that you know i don't think anybody's gonna disagree with that that doesn't make it not a good pick but yeah
2: no and uh, he also took i want you i'm surprised but he took that um Uh, no yeah (laughs) (laughs) i agree with you deuce yeah um good and uh Anything else you want to get to before we uh, move on to KISS News? Uh, no,
3: no. Just, a w- again, you know, thanks to Joey for just a lot of fun, great episode. And, you know, it was a long episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it because when the three of us together, the talking doesn't stop. That episode could have been double the length.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We loved it. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for the letters and the emails and the uh, Facebook and the uh, Twitter comments. Appreciate Absol- it.
3: Absolutely. Yep. So, KISS World, uh, it's funny because we got so so caught up with Joey and everything that we actually skipped over KISS news last week, which is good because it really wasn't anything at all to talk about. Uh, But this week, there's a couple things. So, we're recording right now on – we we recorded our interview with Carrie uh, on Wednesday, September 9th. We're recording right now on Thursday, September 10th. And today is the 45th anniversary of the release of KISS Alive lot of uh lot of that on social media and coincidentally today was the day that kiss um announced releasing a whole bunch of new kiss alive uh products on kissonline.com a little disappointed in the vinyl uh but of course I bought it cuz I'm a fucking puppet um so I got I got the vinyl it it's 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 unfortunately not what I expected I was expecting some kind of special deluxe set all it is is The double vinyl looks like a little bit of a color splash thing similar to one masked. You know, I just don't understand how the most iconic career defining album in their discography doesn't get some kind of box set or or collector's package or something like that. then they released a couple of T-shirts and then they released a fucking viewfinder with (laughs) slides that you put in and look at pictures of the band. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, now, I, now, now. Granted, I guy got the vinyl, and I think, I, and I also ordered one of the cool T shirts. So, you know, I'm one of those people that bitch about the band, but then they take my money. Did they put a slinky in there
2: too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, a kiss etch a sketch. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the one that used to fucking shake and it would make like a mustache on somebody? And fucking what were those things called? Oh yeah, and it had it had like the little <laughs> magnetic pencil yeah 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 make a little mustache on somebody yeah that's my my
3: head kind of looks like that guy when he's bald like that's what (laughs) that's what that's what i look like right now (laughs) (laughs) okay okay (laughs) okay okay so that's the alive anniversary thing and then there was another cool thing i saw um last night it it wasn't on bruce's official page but it was going around on a couple of other pages and it's a bruce Kulick private autograph signing thing that he's doing where you can go onto the website the website is called fan hq dot my it's fan dot m y s h o p i f y dot com you're going to see a bunch of different celebrities now you click on bruce Kulick, you'll see it so what they're doing is for a fee you can take an item Any item that you want that you already own, whether it's a vinyl, a poster, a guitar pick or whatever, send it to Bruce and this company will then sign it, uh, attach a certificate of authenticity and it'll return it back to you. So, I mean, I think that's pretty cool if you're, if you're into that stuff, I mean, the price is right. I think it's 30 or 40 bucks. So I thought that was kind of cool. I love Bruce. So that might be something that I might be taking advantage of. And then in terms of news, you know, Pandemic Paul makes his way into the news again. We talked about this today. He goes off on the virus and COVID and the masks and going after people on Twitter like he does. But one thing that stood out to me, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Now it is Thursday evening, September 10th. And as of right now, Paul and Gene, neither of them have said a word about Kiss Alive. Okay. However, Paul did take, excuse me, Gene did take the time to congratulate somebody on being named the new CEO of Citigroup. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's an important thing to talk about on the 45th anniversary of the album that made you relevant right now. So Paul and Gene crickets on a live. I don't get it. I, I just, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on anything I'm saying here? Because because I'm getting annoyed right now, and like you said know. before we recorded, yeah, I know. this podcast is starting to make me hate Kiss.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anybody we get on, and you'll hear it later in the interview, <laughs> it's starting to shit on them too. Anybody we put on, it's like, yeah, fuck them. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> We started off loving this band. What's going on? Well, what's oh. I think I think what's
3: happening though. I think what's happening is that every this is all happening in real time. Like obviously we love the band. We li- you know we love the band concerts, merchandise, t-shirts. But what's happening is it- it's kind of it- it's a real interesting time to be a Kiss fan and for us to be- have a Kiss podcast is that we're seeing the evolution of Paul and Gene and of the band in real time, and we're lucky enough to have this weekly forum to bitch about it. <laughs> You're supposed to like this band.
0: We um, do,
2: but we don't like we don't have to like them. God. Look, I love Metallica. Lars is a pain in the ass. So a couple things. Okay, go ahead. This 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 bugs you way more than it does me. That's okay. Yeah. I don't I don't like I don't expect them to like be like, hey, I have to write something on a live, otherwise fucking uh Billy Bob is going to give me shit from uh, Arkansas that I didn't mention it today. Okay. Is it a big deal? No. I mean, I don't care. Should he have? Yeah, probably, but whatever. These guys are forgetting band members' deaths. Yeah. And they're not even fucking giving (laughs) condolences for that. (laughs) That And you want to give a shit because they don't remember an album? I mean... So, to me, there's other bigger fish to fry. He's got important things to do, like tweet to Gene. Hi, Paul. I mean, Gene to Paul. Hi, Paul. And Paul, back to Gene. Hi. Back (laughs) at you. What the fuck is that? See, that's what I'm saying. That's annoying. I'm sorry. I find it funny. I do, too. Hi, Paul. This is Gene Simmons. (laughs) From Kiss. (laughs) This is Paul Stanley, and I'm making some pasta primavera. Um, anyways, well, I'm gonna show you fun. how to, I'm gonna show you how to eat spaghetti through a mask. <laughs> I'm gonna get on my on my Huffy bike and go around and 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 scream at teenagers for not wearing masks.
3: Hey, I had a Huffy Pro Thunder and it got stolen from outside of a flea market in the eighth grade.
2: I had a cousin that was so famous because he had a PK Ripper frame on his BMX bike when we were little.
3: That was was your nickname during I Want You.
2: They called you PK the Ripper. No. The (laughs) Ripper is in. I got to send this. This is another private joke that has become viral amongst all us on the fucking tweet uh, exchange that we have with our gang of podcasters. Uh This is poor lady. I'm not going to fucking give it away. That loves to pose in supposedly like sexy lingerie. Oh no! But I don't think she understands. She's like not American, Uh and she loves to pose with albums in lingerie. And then, but her poses are not the sexiest poses. They're all of her. They're all of her, like lifting a leg up. It just looks like she's ripping them, <laughs> and we've we've come to baptize her as the, the Ripper. The ripper. <laughs> and we tend to send these new pictures that we find of her. there'll be one of her like, on a bed. And it's like oh, she's letting one go here, or one of her <laughs> leaning up against a chair. <laughs> just like, and the this poor girl, and, this poor girl. And, and the worst thing too
3: is that we I, we went and and looked to see like do do other
2: people feel this way
3: too? And it's like <laughs> no, it's just us, of it's course.
2: Just, and like this poor girl, like has no idea that for our amusement, we text each other photos not to say how sexy she looks, but to, to imagine the stench of what she's releasing. <laughs> From these, and what? And what did she eat to upset her stomach? Did she didn't Oh, this is definitely Taco Bell Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong? With us? I'm glad we're laughing now because. Oh, like you, God. If you guys want to see what we're talking about, send us a private DM. We're not posting it on Twitter. No, and we're not you guys, it. Are, you guys are going to be like, or better yet, post a photo of who you think it is and then tell me. And then we'll be like, yep,
3: do that. Because yeah, because we, yeah, we don't want to ruin this poor, uh this, this poor thing. So yeah,
2: I know. And the last couple of things, Tom, I, I've got to yeah. hit on this. And was Tommy put a picture of the band actually in makeup of himself? Remember? Yes. And he was like the was like one's last. Oh, they're talking about Kiss. It happens to be Tommy.
3: Yep. And I, and I, I actually tweeted something on, on, on my personal page, and uh, I said, Oh wow, look at this! Uh, a, a member of Kiss actually tweeting out something about the band that they're in. Yeah. You know, and and it was that John Varvatos shoot where they dressed up as uh with the dress to kill the the yep. suit the the thing and it, and 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 you know and I was I was also pleased that a lot of the comments were like oh Tommy that's so cool like I didn't really see people going after him the way we thought it would happen so I, I, that made me happy.
2: Yep, yep. And then finally, mm-hmm. and, you know, I know you don't like it, but I, I had a post it on our page. Ace gets political and talks about that he likes Trump ah. now, We have our own opinions and you can You know how we both feel you go on our Personal stuff we we're on Opposite ends of the spectrum but guess what We have a kiss podcast and we're best Of friends we can do that People it's okay It doesn't make a difference right So anyway we don't we didn't Get into it with us we didn't start Bantering amongst it but we put it Out there he was talking about being a trump guy Or something like that and all of a sudden All you knuckleheads out there yeah, Ace is the best Yeah, fuck Ace is a yeah. racist <laughs> and All sorts of shit Alright, that's the other part that, You know, that's the part you guys focus on But the way my mind works Is I focused on the photo What the <laughs> fuck That is the worst Looking Ace photo I think I've ever seen His nose It's getting almost, huge It looks like it touches each ear
3: yeah, it, it, it it's it, lo- it looks like one of those like Halloween like costume noses. It's fucking gigantic. The poor guy.
2: Yeah, it, it looks like like you said, it looks like grandpa is talking to you from, <laughs> from 16 <laughs> candles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No like politicians know the <laughs> Tip O'Neill nose. <laughs> Joe DiNucci. <De Nooch. laughs>
3: <laughs> there's a there's a New England reference for any New England listeners there. <laughs>
2: You don't have to look like Joe Malone That's for somebody else
1: Yeah, yes yeah. Oh god Oh, What the fuck Hello Pantheon Podcast listeners Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience With Raycon earbuds Our family now has three pairs Of Raycon earbuds around the house And my wife just grabbed a pair Of the headphone pros to replace some headphones From a company that was double the price And yes, she loves them
2: Anyway, that, that was, uh, that was basically a lot of news. Yeah. Uh, We got through the rest of the part, Tom, and we're about to talk about our interview with Carrie Stevens. Who is our sponsor,
3: Tom? Well, it's good timing, but everybody knows our sponsor. And if you don't pay attention because you might want to take advantage of this because free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off and then adamandeve.com loads on the free stuff. Use promo code LOUDCAST at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you will both enjoy and those six free spicy movies and free shipping. Promo code LOUDCAST at adameve.com. And if you guys take advantage of that promo code, Let us know. We want to see if people are actually engaging with this. So let us know if you're taking advantage
2: of that. And if you are, have fun. Yeah, no. And uh, if you were us and got to talk to Kerry uh, Stevens, you were definitely going on to uh, adamandeve.com and getting some stuff. Oh, hell yeah. A couple things to build up to this um, interview, Tom. Yeah. I don't want to talk about too much of it. I don't want to build it up. But holy fucking shit. One thing I want to say is this. You're right. When we started this podcast, we were just saying to ourselves, we're not known out there in the Twitterverse, or the Kiss community, anything like that. We're Just two regular Kiss guys. We're not other podcasters or people been doing this. We're not musicians. We're, um, you know, we're not uh, celebrities of any other kind. We are just... Two guys that are big KISS fans And think we have a kind of unique sense of humor And along the ways We've had some Great times, some great guests And this is one of our favorites Uh, I remember the first time She interacted with us And we were like, what the fuck It's Carrie Stevens And the running gag I have is Because she's out in California Tom's the early bird, I'm the late night owl There were times I'd be up And Tweets and stuff and direct messages We would get in contact with Kerry And we'd be talking back and forth along the way There were times I'd wake up Roll over 3 in the morning And there's a direct message from Kerry Stevens For a, for a single male um, <laughs> In his late 40s To be waking up Half asleep With message from I don't even care if it's Kerry Stevens saying Don't fucking ever direct message me again <laughs> It's like the sexiest thing you've ever seen in your life. You're like, oh, my God. So I I could have just died with that and been happy, you know, waking up to a Carrie Stevens personal message. But along the way, we we got to get to know her a little bit better. We were along the way talking to her about her book and the progress and what she was doing and talking about, like, you know, we need to get you on, Carrie. We'd love to have you. It's like, I got my book coming, guys. Just give me some time. I, the book will be coming. the book So we knew all about it. And there was lots of uh, messages about things that were going on with Kiss, things about Eric, things about Paul, which you will hear about. And she was great. She was, you know, unabashed, honest, just Out there and gave and gave us everything That was on her mind no filter And uh, She actually kept that Right through on our interview As well and it was so refreshing Because usually people try to Play the part and be The uh, bland answers And all that stuff but no Not Carrie she was an Incredible guest we were lucky To have her and I'm curious To hear what you thought building up to this interview
3: yeah, this is not going to be your standard interview that you hear. So this is the first time that we've actually physically spoken with Carrie, like Zeus said, everything was electronic. Mm-hmm. She's from New England. She's from Massachusetts. That's where we're from. I don't know if it was that that kind of thing that just hit it off, but the minute we got together on Skype, we just we hit it off with kind of, you know, sense of humor, talking amongst each other as if we had talked many times before. And the interview is just something. Something very unique, and we're 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 very excited and interested to see what you guys think because Carrie just does not hold back, and it's we we're just excited to present it to you.
2: Yeah. So, without further ado, here we go. We got a little surprise for you
0: tonight. We're gonna turn the microphone over
2: to actress, author, model, business entrepreneur. And the third best looking person to come out of Massachusetts, Tom. <laughs> the one and only Carrie. Stevens.
0: Carrie, thank uh, you for coming. Oh, you're welcome. I suppose Carrie. you're number one and number two, huh?
3: Carrie, well Carrie, well Carrie, well Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. And I have to say, unfortunately, Joey Casada's reign as best looking person on Shout It Out Loudcast, it lasted one week. Because now uh, we have you. Did you
0: guys do- a, a poll on Twitter for best looking because I missed that.
2: We can do that. We can do that.
0: That would be really funny.
2: We can do that. Wouldn't be in that poll. He wouldn't even be in the top <laughs> five. <laughs> Joke. Come
0: on, do it. I think you should put me, Joy, Casale, Chris Jericho, and Bruce Kulak up and see who wins. <laughs> that, means, that means we
2: got to get Bruce on first, and then we can do it. But <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, uh,
0: Bruce hasn't done your show. Not yet. A, not Bruce yet. Um,
2: but that's I'm okay. You'll see. S- He's the best. Yeah, you'll still win this poll, anyways. I just have a feeling for all our guests, right, Tom? I think so too. But absolutely, go ahead, buddy. You're up. So, so Carrie, again, thank you for joining
3: us. We're so excited to have you. Your book, Unrated Revelations of a Rock and Roll Centrefold, has been out for a couple weeks now. Zeus and I have uh, read the book. Great book. We're so happy to have you to talk about that and as you know we're a kiss podcast so we have lots of kiss related things that we want to talk about too and we're going to let you talk about whatever you want to talk about but before we get started with that every time we have a guest on our show the first thing we have to do we have a couple of interview questions that zeus likes to get out of the way here first they everybody who comes on our show ask them some of these answers might be a little bit obvious but play along with
2: us yeah so we call these the murph questions murph is tom's roommate as long as
0: you're not Asking me MILF questions
2: I'm in oh. No not <laughs> MILF They're MILF <birth>
1: questions
2: <laughs> He's our he's a, uh, Tommy's little footy pajama roommate from college We're all yeah. college buddies And so he was our first guest And these are the questions we've asked Every guest that's come on here So this one is pretty easy for you Favorite KISS member Eric Carn. I thought you were going to say Paul Stanley <laughs> <laughs> That's Who funny. is your second favorite then?
0: Bruce Kulik.
2: Perfect. Okay. okay. Favorite kiss song?
0: Mm, Black Diamond.
2: Oh. oh nice. Nice. Favorite kiss album.
0: Oh. I'd have to say hot in the shade.
2: Oh, like the shirt that I'm wearing right here.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Great um, How many kiss concerts have you been to
0: How could I possibly Ever I, Count. I have no idea
2: That's a good
3: answer
0: I mean, <laughs>
2: Say More than 25, 50 Easily. Easily Probably hundreds Okay wow. um, And then this one's pretty uh, Pretty important Your favorite kiss memory
0: Oh well This is a well loaded question because I can't think. Now, what the fuck are you asking me? <laughs> I'm like crying already. I just
3: Oh boy, here we go.
0: I Kiss Memory. Um, yes. I I can't think of It's very difficult to think of kiss without thinking of losing Eric. So, okay. like, excuse me. I I I don't really have like I I guess okay. All right. It's in my Okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a favorite. There's so there's well, before I got involved with Eric is very different than when I when I was just a yep. fan before yep. I was a girlfriend it is too different I mean there's so many you read my book I mean you know gosh it's it's I, I just can't answer that because it was so different being a, a, you know the great stories of before I was with Eric my run-ins with the band yeah. um, yep. those were they're such fun stories but gosh you know it's almost it's incomparable to yeah. I'm sorry that's probably the worst answer you've ever had on the show huh?
3: not at all not okay. at all it's complete that's completely it's, understandable it's not honest. at all it's,
0: yep that,
2: exactly um, that's what and that's what we want and that's fine um, I, I don't know I w- I thought maybe you know there's some great stories and we're not giving away stuff people need to read oh, the I book I
0: just, people you know what if you want to say something that's in my book I, go ahead you're not gonna you know stop me from selling it it'll help me because um you know people I think people need to know a little bit more about me like they people don't know anything about me so if you want to share a little story that's in my book yeah, absolutely I yeah it's well, no. in my book I have you know hundreds of stories in that book I have 11 more chapters that I didn't write that I put <laughs> in the book uh, there you know i i had to leave some some things out because it was already 340 pages long and that was with me editing it there's, there's so much already um and i knew I, there's some things i left out knowing that i would be doing interviews and i'd do press and i'd tell stories later so i have no shortage of them so fire away
2: yeah no i i would probably guess the time somebody asked you to marry them um uh,
0: <laughs> that was yeah and that i've always wondered you know i couldn't ask Eric that question. I wondered I've always wondered if that was part of the shtick. Like was that every night on tour? When was that? Nineteen eighty five? Did Paul shine the spotlight on a girl in the audience and say, You I'm gonna marry you? does he do that every night?
3: I yeah. was well, a girl that night. Probably
0: he picked. Yeah, that's that's what I figured. I mean, I was sixteen years old. Um and those were the days. I mean, that that's when you could get floor seats and you just I don't know what were they 10 or 15 bucks actually yep. in my, in my book, I had saved all of my, as you know, I, all of my, uh, kit, my concert stuffs, which is how I was able to write the book and save my dates of when things happen, because I saved all of those, those concert stuffs. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was worth like 15 bucks. And we would just go down on the floor and tap the tallest guy on the shoulder and say, can I, can I sit on your shoulders? And those were the best seats in the house. So that's why the 80s are the best, because you can't do that anymore.
3: That's true. That's Somebody true. will follow. Yeah,
0: if I picked the tallest guy I could find. I sat on his shoulders, and Paul was, you know, the show me your tits thing in the 80s. All the bands were doing it, show me your tits. And I was the one that wouldn't do it. I I kept shaking my head no, and he kept flirting with me. And I had this, this white sweatshirt, like flash dance that went – over my shoulder and it had like this white fish net netting tied over it and then finally i just lifted up the netting part but not the sweatshirt part and laughed and then he shined a big spotlight on me stopped like the song and said you i'm gonna marry you and <laughs> i was only 16 uh and my yeah i made my girlfriend chrissy go chasing the tour bus down the street with me after the concert her mother got mad because she was <laughs> where we were supposed to be when her Mother was picking us up. I'm. I don't. I'm sure I never told Eric this story. Um, but, but yeah, who knew? It was only a, a short two years later that I yeah. would meet Eric, end up with Eric, and end up being his serious girlfriend. And uh, yeah, I have no idea if Paul did that every night. I, uh, I did ask him about it, as you know, in, in the book in New Hampshire. The next time I saw him, and he said he did, but of course he'd say that. Um, anyway, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Everyone knows what happened. I ended up with Eric, I'm not with Eric.
3: right? So that, so that's <laughs> a, that's <laughs> actually. <laughs> that. Well, it's funny because before we get into Eric, just since we're talking about Paul in 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 <laughs> that, right. in, I well, do we, we want we to talk? about Oh, see, see. <laughs> That's, 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 that's perfect because everybody that (laughs) listens to this show, obviously we're a kiss podcast. So we love the band, but you know, we have our issues with Paul. We're not going to, we're not going to get into that right now. So we'll, we'll back up a little bit. So let's jump off being a kiss podcast and let's talk about your early relationship with Eric and how that started. You were, you were a kiss fan. You went to the concert. Your first show was in Springfield, Mass.
0: When I was 16 and when you
3: were 16 and you told us the story about Paul. So walk us through a little bit. You talk about it in the book, but then tell us how then you connected with Eric and then where that, how that kind of developed.
0: Well, that was after Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, as you, I ended up living in Memphis, Tennessee, because well, you got to read the book to find out that part. Um, <laughs> but I ended up in Memphis, Tennessee where my father was living. And, uh, I hooked up with um, a lot of rocker chicks. T- I went to modeling school there. So I met I met all these rocker chicks in uh, modeling school, and uh, thank God um, <laughs> they saved me. Um, but, yeah, one of them, um, I mean, she was a lot older than me, and she had met everybody. Like, she just, she, I think she's, a, not, I wouldn't call her a groupie, but... May, um, not like she was, like, blowing roadies, but she knew everybody. <laughs> yeah. I think she used to well, blow Vince Neil. Does that count? I assume that's a groupie. But anyway, in any case, she knew Okay. That. So, so um, yeah, so it was the night. Um, it was, we had actually gone to Mississippi. I went with a few other girlfriends to Mississippi the night before and saw a kiss. And then the following night, they were in Memphis. And, um... She was she was her it was Kathy. She we were in the hallway at the it was we. This is just you know the, we all we always knew where the bands were staying. They always stayed at the Peabody or next door. At the opening band would stay at the Radisson. So we went and um, Eric was coming out of the elevator and walking quickly down the corridor, and Kathy ran up to say hello to him, and he handed her some backstage passes. They didn't talk long, and he. Walked out. He didn't even notice me. And then it was a couple nights later. I was back at the Peabody in the lobby bar um, with a friend. We just went because Ron Woods from the Rolling Stones was having an art exhibit, so we went to see that. And we're sitting in the lobby, and there's the back of a guy's head. It looked like Paul Stanley, and two other guys that looked like kind of rockerish kind of guys. And this is a very you know high end five-star hotel but uh i can't believe i was so bold back then we thought it was paul stanley from the back of his head of course eventually i figured out it wasn't you know when he turned um and then i overheard them talking about getting a taxi to go to the midway cafe to see the willies play a band that my friends and i went to see all the time and i was bold i just interrupted i chimed in and i said i have a car i'll take you and that's how we met. Damn. And, that wow. I, that, and this is not included in the book because um, I couldn't, gosh, I get so freaking teary. I mean, it's like 29 years later and it still gets to me. I'm it's okay. It. But it's so, okay. don't worry if I cry because it's not always a bad cry. Sometimes it's just a good, like, memory, warmth cry. So okay. in the book, um, I'm sure you noticed I have a page Um that's with some handwritten letters to him. Yeah. Yes. A lot of photos. There's one of us is standing in front of a jukebox and I have a baseball hat on. Well, I'll tell you the story behind that because it's not in the book. The night that we met and we went to the midway midway cafe, the moment that we fell for each other was standing in front of that jukebox. And I remember it like yesterday, like the moment the magic happened and those lights coming out of that jukebox and, you know, like, just, I, so anyway, we, later on when I was his girlfriend and during the Hot in the Shade tour, when we were in Memphis, we went back to the Midway Cafe to go stand in front of that jukebox again and take a picture. And that's, that's, that's the picture that's in the book that I didn't have time to describe the story behind the photo in the book. So that's the photo. It
3: had, it had it's very special. That, that's awesome. That's and amazing. We went back
0: to the spot that, well, you know, the magic started. Yep. Yeah. yep.
2: And that's um that's something that I saw in the book. And if I was going to describe it, the words that were in this book were exactly how I found you and how you wrote this book. It was truly raw, true, and unashamed. You let it out. You didn't hide it. You didn't pussyfoot around. But yet there are parts of the book that I'm like you know you could have went for the jugular you could have went nasty you could have made a tabloid you could have talked to, but you're like I'll only talk about the stuff that happened to me and the people uh, around I mean,
0: uh, me no it was I writing is about rewriting so I rewrote this more times than I can remember and believe me it was uh, it's it's therapy and there was It was a lot more, um, a lot of versions. I was taking out my emotions in the book. And it was actually Chris Jericho, of all people, um, because I don't know him all that well. You know, but, um, and like I told you, Joey, like there's, it's it's very special. Oh, You're not going to believe this, but Eric's sister is chiming in on the other line. This (laughs) is funny. Oh Eric. God! Yeah, Eric's sister is trying to call me while I am talking to you, and she just ruined the screen. So <laughs> that's
2: okay. We're good. That's okay.
0: It's okay. Uh, I, I'm gonna just let it go to voicemail, I guess. <laughs> so it's funny though. I was just about to tell you how close knit um, Eric's. I, I I mean that's why I included you and and Chris and and um, Joey and like the, the, we're a close knit group, Bruce. Like when I, the people that love Eric. Uh, really love him, and we're we're a close-knit group. I talked to Loretta several times a day. I'm not surprised she's calling. But, anyway, she just totally distracted me from what we're talking okay. about. Thanks, Loretta. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I'll call you back later. <laughs> so, uh, what, uh, where were we? Sorry. So,
2: I was saying about the book oh, that's like raw, true, Bachelor, and you were talking about did, rewriting I it. I did,
0: I did, I did. It was actually, I was telling you, because Chris Jericho loves to kiss Paul Stanley's ass, as <laughs> And <laughs> they said, yeah, he, he basically saved Paul um, from the wrath of Carrie. So he, he owes Chris a thank you. Uh, uh, Chris, yeah, he basically said, you know, Carrie, you know, it's a fine line with what you want to say. Because fans don't want to hear, like, too much. And, and then I thought it through. And I thought, you know, he's right. Because this is not really a book about Kiss in the first place. And I don't mm-hmm. want to disappoint. I don't want to disappoint people, number one, and trick them into buying it. I knew I'd get a ton of press because people have been bugging me for years, you know, 27 years of me to write them, including Gene, suggesting yeah. I write a book about Kiss. But it's not a book about Kiss. As you read it, it's a book about Carrie Stevens. So I don't want to... Disappoint anyone into thinking they're going to read it and get some dirt about Paul Stanley because they're not. It's not a book yep. about Paul Stanley. This is not Paul Stanley's book. He already wrote his books. And unfortunately, he mentioned me in one of them and he exploited me. And that's why I don't like him. You know, I was not a playmate in 19. 19- 91. I was just a very young 22 year old girl. And then he has to exploit me in his book. Some playmate Eric was dating. Oh, and acting. Yeah, saying I was like, I I mean, he he talked about the most painful moment of my life, the most vulnerable moment of my life, one that he will never experience because God graced him with fame, money and family and a long life. But I had to stand over my boyfriend's coffin and he brought that up in his book and dared to say that I'm somehow like molested Aaron's body and and took his drumsticks out of his hand. And that was some playmate. Like, like, really, Paul, are you not famous enough? Are you not rich enough? You have to try to use me uh, uh, to get more notoriety. Obviously, I'm sure he didn't write his own book like I did. He had a ghost writer, so let's not blame Paul completely, because this yeah. asshole ghost writer, whoever this guy was, probably did it, and Paul, obviously, probably was too lazy or just didn't give a shit to prove it, but that wasn't fair to me, and I, I didn't find out about it for about two years, um, and it was strange, because, I mean, of course, I wouldn't read uh, Paul's books, but I—I I was. it was actually... It's an eerie story. Uh, I was in ireland last summer and tommy mm-hmm. thayer found out from social media that i was in europe and he he texted me and said hey do you want to come to any of the kiss shows yeah and i said yeah sure my friends from l.a come and visit um i had a good friend mm-hmm. my good friend marty he said he plays paul stanley in a cover band in belfast and you know i knew i could he wanted me to get him backstage i can get guys backstage only if I walk them in. You like, I knew like if, if I, <laughs> yeah, they I, I have no power to get a guy in unless I go with him. So yeah. I really wanted to like help my friend out. And my friend that was coming for life, she'd never seen them. Two nights before the show, which would have been Eric's birthday. And I told you I don't really watch YouTube. I'm in bed mm-hmm. sleeping. And oddly my computer is across the room. And I hear Paul, I'm like woken up by Paul Stanley's voice, and he's talking about Eric's funeral and complaining about how terribly him and Gene were treated about the funeral. And next thing I know, he's like, and he was dating some playmate that like molested his body and took his drum set. I'm like, what? So I'm like, it woke. I swear I thought I was dreaming. And I have no idea how my computer came on in the middle of the night and it landed on Paul Stanley's. Uh, YouTube talk voice on his video because I don't listen. I don't really watch YouTube much. It's like it was haunted. I swear. I think Eric wanted me to know because it was on his birthday, July twelfth. I was going to their concert the fifteenth. I would have canceled. I was so mad when I heard that Paul talked about me that way in his book. I was so angry. I really didn't want to go to the show anymore. Uh, And but I couldn't cancel because I promised. We. I was staying in Ireland. We bought the tickets from Dublin to Scotland. We got the hotel. I didn't want to disappoint my friends. Um, but I, you know, I had to stand in line like everyone else for the meet and greet. And I stood, they, you know, they waved, you you're supposed to stand between Jean and Paul. I refused. I, stand, I stood straight next to Tommy. And then I gave Jean a giant hug and I gave Eric Singer a big kiss on the cheek. And I wouldn't make eye contact with Paul. And then um, I actually walked out of the show uh, as he was um, butchering. Um, I, don't know, I forgot what song was <laughs> he was butchering one of them. And I, I couldn't take it anymore. And so I just left. But, you know, um, that he, I, I, it was also brought to my attention. Because, like I told you, I, I, my friend Marty that is is in the Kiss cover band told me that Paul leaned over. To Tommy and said something snide about me after I refused to acknowledge him. Um, but he should ask himself why I refused to acknowledge him because that was very wrong what he did to me. That was very wrong. And um, besides that, um, I'll never read his book, but it was he also, uh, according to what I've heard, refers to Eric as a putz. I don't believe that you should speak ill of the dead. It's classless. He's not here to defend himself. And furthermore, he is a complete liar for calling Eric uh, a drug addict, who started of saying he's on drugs. Eric never did drugs. He made it clear to me that he would dump me if I ever did drugs. And um, he only accidentally ate a space cake. Um, I did not trash Paul in my book because, like I said, it's not a book about Paul. Um, but I was very aware that he wrote myths, mistruths and lies about Eric um, that were needless um, and ruthless in his book. And I corrected them in my book by saying what happened without having to call Paul, what I'm saying live now, a complete yeah. liar who actually I'm damn sure that he never wrote uh, a word of his book himself. So um, uh, celebrities like that, um, they just don't, you know, everybody knows that they don't write yeah. like their own books. Yeah. So I, so I almost, even though, even though I've tried, I've tried to say he's a fucking asshole for, doing that, I kind of go, well, you know, his, his asshole ghostwriter or whatever is just as much to blame. Um, I'm trying to, I honestly, I'm trying because I don't like to be angry at people. I have many, 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 A- And the, but this is why I love Gene, because Gene knows all of this about me. Gene loves honest people. Gene is straight mm-hmm. to the point. He doesn't care what your opinion is, as long as it's real. And I respect that. And mm-hmm. that's why when Gene, you know, I hadn't seen those guys in years after Eric died. Uh, and then I was a playmate. So suddenly we're in the same circle again, because Gene was always at the Playboy Mansion because yep. she So we're always at the same things. And now I have some status of my own. So Jean wanted me on the cover of Tongue Magazine. And um, he, he had another guy interview me. And I actually loved that interview. But Gene didn't like it. He didn't think it was, you know... He, wa- he, wanted, uh, <laughs> he wanted National yeah. Enquirer. He wanted, yeah. Yeah. So he invited me over. We sat in his living room, and he asked me direct questions. And and I, I'm sure you guys have seen it being kiss fans, but I told yeah. him straight out in the magazine, I hated you guys for the way you treated Eric. I hated you. And he said, "Tell me everything. I want to hear everything." And I did. I said everything, and he printed it. And that is why I'm a fan of Gene. <clears throat> that is why I respect Gene. So yeah. I'm not pro kiss. I'm not anti kiss. I I know them way too personally to speak um, like the same fan I was when I was 18 years old and met Eric. That's why I couldn't answer your first question. So I hope that's clearer now. Well, no,
3: Carrie. Carrie. Th- first of all, let me just catch my breath and thank you for <laughs> your brutal honesty because that is what. We want from you, and that is what people who listen to this show get from us. Because obviously, we don't have the relationship. Why lie? That you, that- Why,
0: look? I, I don't profit off of Kiss. The only right. people that aren't telling the <clears throat> truth about them are people that make money off of them, and uh, or they're. Uh, uh, I'm not afraid, and like I said, I, I respect Gene because he. It's only fair. To expect the same of others that you give to them. And that is why I admire Gene Simmons so much. You know, he's not a hypocrite.
3: And, and those st- are, and, 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 and,
0: either. and, you know, like, and aren't, aren't, aren't liars boring anyway? They're, liars are boring. Like, if who, when I, when I originally wrote this book, it had a very bad title. Um, it was called Nice Girls Don't. And you, I, I thought of that because nobody wants to write, no one wants to read about a boring girl. You don't want to, you, you want to read about the bad girl. You don't, nice girls are boring. So like if I been polite and, and, and fake, uh, it would be boring. And who would want to read that? So I believe in being raw, true, and unabashed.
3: And, and, that's, that's and, and, and that's what I mean about w- w- with us, on a, obviously on a lower level, because we don't have the relationship that you have with the band, but we have we have voiced our opinions on how we feel about the band. We love the band. Obviously, we have a KISS podcast. Obviously, we love them. we fallen since we were kids. But we have our own very, very strong emotions about
0: yes, well, Paul you know, and about Gene. I, I absolutely love them and respect them as a band. Right, and, right. Yeah, how can you not respect someone who's a, a, a group of... Including Paul um, as being so successful for forty years at what they've done. I, I don't know if I'm right about forty years. You can correct me on that. But for a very long time, they've been uh, they they've survived, and you have to respect them for that. So, and yes, they've got a great shtick, great marketing. They're entertaining to talk about. I I, I love a lot of their music, not all of it, um, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think you should talk to Joey because more about the music and me and more about the relationships with the band. Cause, yeah, uh, he's better that, at
2: that. That's OK. So what I wanted to say is um, and I'll put on my like little psych, you know, psychiatrist hat here. I feel like he realized and this is Paul that he comes across in Gene like assholes during this whole Eric thing. Yep. So he has to no, spin please it. Back
0: up. I didn't hear you, you clearly. Yeah, what I'm do you saying they've realized they're assholes Or just Paul realized he's re- an asshole. I'm now?
2: just saying they realized that the whole Eric part No
0: way though. How else do you not come off like an so, asshole? With so So what no they have to way. do
2: is they have to spin it and try to get ahead of the story and they get very dismissive about someone like you and they use dismissive language purposely like playmate. Like you were just some girl like and that you were doing strange things and like it was surreal for them. And so this is the kind of crap that they threw out there. I feel like Paul and them realized that they look like assholes with Eric and stuff and they handled it wrong. And so they have to get dismissive and get ahead of the narrative. So they dismiss it, get dismissive with you. Oh, some playmate, some girls. Yeah,
0: I, so, so- I, I would say Paul. But okay. I mean, unless there's something I haven't heard about, I, I've never heard of anyone else speaking negatively. Uh, I think, uh, I, I think, but I do think that he's they are huge stars. I'll never be, you know, as huge as they are. I think they dismiss everybody. I don't think it's just me. I think they're, they think they're bigger than everyone. And I keep, I don't want to keep saying they, because some people are bigger assholes than others. So I definitely think Paul thinks I'm a little nobody. And I think that yeah, I, I a lot of people are uh, like, oh, wow, Carrie, are you going to like reveal, you know, what they really did to Eric when he was dying your book? I'm like, it's nothing I haven't already revealed. Like, I've been saying it since, you know, it happened. But I've only been interviewed by Kiss fanzines and things and like that, you know, like and I wasn't really in a position uh, to I, I didn't ever. Re- and and so a few times when I have been, I've. it's edited out. The real story. If people do pay attention, the one person that did not edit me was Gene Simmons, and that's why I respect him. Um, the other, on the other hand, um, I Paul's a lot more. I mean, Gene is a lot friendlier and a more uh, personable person. I never had the opportunity with Paul to confront him like I did Gene and face to face say, "Hey, I used to hate you." As a matter of fact. You're like, you guys are going to love this story. Paul, I moved since then. Paul was my neighbor after Eric died for like 19 years, 19 years. Paul was my neighbor. Oh my God. I had to see him everywhere. I would like, I'd go to the grocery store. I'd see him at the deli and I'd turn and run like the other way. I saw him coming down the aisle. I'm like ducking and I'm like going the other way. I would go to the mall and, he would be in weird places like standing in the i'd go to park and there's Paul Stanley standing like in the alley like a mall like on his cell phone I'm like, and i'm going like oh at the restaurant like beverly glenn center he was always there eating and i was like why can't i run into like leonardo dicaprio or someone why is it always Cal Stanley? i see him everywhere i go and every time i see him like he backs up like he's really weird like Instead of, like, normal people that have known each other their whole lives and they come in for a hug. No, he takes, like, one step back and his shoulders get back. His eyeballs bul- eyeballs bulge out like 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 a Tori Spelling. Player. <laughs> he's, like, got a fish face. And he looks like he stuck his fingers in a socket, like a Botox, you know? And he, like, no, he looks clearly he looks like he's been electrocuted. Like, just the sight of me, like, he backs up, freezes, his shoulders go back. He's like oh my God. like a reptile. You know what he looks like? He looks like have you ever seen a goat, a black goat with big bulging white eyes? That's what he looks like. Like he's very he's uncomfortable in his own skin. It's very apparent. So I tried and I whenever I would be forced like not like in the mall or the grocery store, I try to avoid it. But if I was like in a restaurant and I was forced to like have to bump into him or sit near him, I would be like, Hi and try to like you know, be friendly and give him a hug. And he always did that weird, I don't know, cross was going to go in a, a reptile move and backed off. And he nodded. He just nodded strangely. Um, he's a weird cat. He's just, I don't know what his problem is. But anyway, uh he's <laughs> strange experiences. And I'm glad I moved. I don't have to bump into him anymore. That's good. Um, very, very easy, but which was, okay. I, thought, I think I was trying to be fair and then all my pent-up feelings just came out. So in fairness, I never <laughs> had a con like Gina. And, Gina and I have a very open uh, uh we can speak openly like you and I are right now. And yep. he allows me to be me. Paul who um, does that weird thing and he shuts off and you can't really communicate with him. Um so um maybe that's why um i i, I no i mean uh, 30 years now and i uh, i i don't know how to wouldn't know how to communicate I mean, it's just odd anyway i'm not a fan as you can tell and i, I actually am not i used to be you know of the rock star paul i i don't like um the personal the personal what, what i just explained to you so it's really nothing against kiss um i don't not listen to their music i still Love I was made for loving you and all the songs that he sings. <laughs> you know, like it's not like I uh it's it's uh, this is why I don't do Kiss interviews a lot. It's so personal. It's just so personal. Well,
2: oh, you're I letting it out. You appreciate it. it because there's a say. lot of this stuff that nobody has well, heard. like
0: I said, you know, there I had a lot more to say in my memoir than I did. Um and, and it wasn't it wasn't Paul's turn to be on the stage. It was mine, and I took it. I wow. so, uh, yeah. and and
3: and and thank thank you. Just uh, honestly, th- thank you for being so honest and upfront. That's what we want. That's what that's how we are on this show. Even when we don't have a guest, because we have talked about, especially during the pandemic, we talk frequently about Paul's behavior. We talk about how dismissive. I have no we, idea
0: what he's been doing besides going. Oh, please stay home, everyone. Wear your mask. What else is he doing? Anything so, good?
2: Yeah, we've created a new social media character and he's called Pandemic Paul. And Pandemic <laughs> Paul likes to go around telling people, you know, they need to wear masks or talk about this or what should be and what should an enlightened person uh, be thinking looks, about. I'm sure
0: Paul looks a lot better with a mask, so that's why you know he's happy to wear one. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: but 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 back to what you but what back to what zeus said about being dismissive we've talked about this and obviously you you know you have a more of a personal experience but we've talked about how during this time you know the with the passing of Did bob Q, the, the pa-
0: about Paul's chin implant uh, right, right after eric died no i right after eric and remember eric used to have a very prominent chin Eric, who, who protruded a bit. And then it seems like right after Eric died, I saw that ballad, what is it, in the, in the Revenge album. It's all, all close up of Paul's face, and suddenly Paul has a chin. Suddenly Paul has a chin. It makes you think, doesn't it? Maybe he was a well, little jealous of Eric.
2: I don't know. could have been. I mean, to,
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The chin looks a little, a little like Eric suddenly. And anyway, okay, I'll shut up.
3: No, no it's okay no, no it's okay it's okay
0: I, I didn't know about pandemic paul i only knew <laughs> about phyllis um so that's yeah. and that's, that's in your book. the road crew called him behind his back
3: yeah so yeah, add, add, a, add, add, add a little bit to that if you don't mind
0: oh i actually I, I everybody knows that um it was actually lydia chris who takes the credit for starting it um i had i had met her at a the old one and only kiss expo I did uh, a couple of years ago, the 20th anniversary yes. expo. And she was lovely. And somehow we got into this conversation and Paul came up and the Phyllis thing. And she told me she's, she's the one that started that. And the legacy lived on the, 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 the cause Paul's so moody, you know, that the road crew would always call him Phyllis. Cause he acted kind of gay and moody, but, uh Well, I mean, you know, I don't think, okay, I have no opinion. I don't care about his sex life one way or the other, but you know, I'm just telling you what they said. I never called.
2: No, no, that's, we Uh, appreciate it. That's fine. (laughs) Um, I know I can sit here and I could do this all day, but you are there's so many other parts of your book I want to get to. Okay,
0: let's get to it. I'm, are, I'm, I'm, I've thought all night. Don't worry. About so me, but the, I, I you know, know you're split me into like the whole season of Carrie Stevens. If you don't, that's know. all right.
2: You can be a frequent yeah. guest. We can be this week with Carrie's back on. <laughs> that's not a problem. We'll take it anytime Um, so one other big band, and like we know you, the Kiss fan knows you. The KISS fans know you, but there's this other band that's big and prominent in your life, and one member specifically, and that is oh, that yeah. you are exactly. the biggest is, yeah. Van <laughs> Allen person, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And they feature prominently in your book. So you grew up, you saw them at the Centrum, yes. right? When you were in, in Massachusetts. So me and Tom... That's our place. We've seen many of them. I think my first concert was at the Centrum. Me and Tom saw Kiss at the Centrum, I don't know, countless times. That's our place. And you grew up in Harwick, which is a little in West Worcester Harwick. County. Yeah, yeah West was, Harwick, uh, that's right. Yeah,
0: about an hour away from the Worcester Centrum.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I live in Westboro now. So, I, Worcester County is my area now. And I know what you're talking about. And just to see... David Lee Roth and Van Halen in oh, their prime in that anymore. era. As you,
0: oh. as you read in my book. I mean, the ver- the very first sentence of my book. Uh, um, I have to wonder what I would have become had I had I had I been as uh, ambitious academically as I was in aspiring to fuck David Lee Roth. That is the <laughs> first sentence of my book. So yep. that that there you have it. So yes, I had a huge. Um, crush on him um 1984 so before the kiss concert in springfield when i was 16 i think i was like 85 um and again i didn't hook up with her till 87 boy this happened fast my life was a lot more exciting back then wasn't it i can't like the i don't think anything exciting's happened to me in like uh 15 years.
2: <laughs> oh, no, that's I, not true. We yeah, read your book. There's a lot of good stuff okay, in there. Yes,
0: but I wrote about my past. Uh, oh, no, wait. I, okay. So, David Leroy, he he was my, uh, yeah, something happened to me. Like, I don't know. Like, it probably happened to, oh, I know it happened to a, a lot of, well, both men and women. Like, he, like, Van Halen was just amazing. And, and they just, I don't know. They just represented this freedom and this fun and like just happiness. And everything was a party, you know. You know, careless freedom, fun. Like you didn't want to stay in school and study. You wanted to party with the band, you know. Like it was just a a vibe. And um, there's nothing. There's been nothing like him before or since. You know, like doing the splits and just, like jumping six feet in the air. I don't know, like, Just Anyway, yeah, I was completely taken with him. And uh, I still have a weird crush on him. It doesn't matter if he's 65 now. I still think of him like he's 28. Like he'll, I think, he'll,
3: I, I he'll think everybody does.
0: In my mind. <laughs> yeah, he'll 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 never get older. But anyway, yeah. Um, I, I'm actually going to send him a copy of my book. Because you read my book. So the last time I saw him, I made a complete fucking ass of myself.
2: No, you didn't. Him. No, yeah, you
0: didn't. Yeah, and he, and I told him I wrote a book, and he said, am I in it? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, you're the first sentence. And I just <laughs> yeah. he did exactly what I just said to you. So I probably scared him. He probably thinks I'm a psycho. No. So, um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, he, he I rendered the witty David Lee Roth silent. He actually had nothing to say after that. Um, so I don't think it's what he expected at all, uh, obviously. So, Uh, But his manager um, gave me her card, and I I told him that I was going to send him a copy of it before I released it and make sure that he was okay with everything, Um, but I never did that because um, I'd look like a bigger psycho than I already did um, because I don't need David Lee Ross' approval to um, release a book, and um, it would only make me feel more embarrassed if he didn't respond (laughs) and i don't say i I think i I think he'll be like what i said about him a lot i mean um i he come
2: he comes across as great he doesn't come across as a jerk
0: honestly say besides my crush on him i hung out with him many 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 a time countless times i don't couldn't remember every time i describe it in the book but from i never remember a, a mean or bad bone in his body, not towards me, not towards anyone else. I mean, he was just so easygoing, chill, really sweet guy. And I don't think that people have that vision of him, which is interesting. I, I don't think people have that impression. They think of, like, he must be some egotistical asshole, but you, he was always nice to everybody that was around us, not just me. Like, he was, he was. He's just not a jerk, is what I'm saying. You know, he's and I, I'm not saying that because of my little schoolgirl girl crush on him. I'm I'm saying it an observation of his behavior uh, over the course of uh, I don't know what twenty five years or something, um, off and on. I mean, we hadn't seen each other in many many years. So you have to read the book. I, I don't want to bore your audience with every little detail of that. They can, oh,
3: oh, you're, you're not boring it. You're not boring anyone. Believe me. But
0: yeah, yeah, <clears> he's um. But Van Halen is probably, to me, what Kiss is to um, many fans. You, like, when I watch Van Halen, I feel like I'm young again. Like, I feel yep. like I'm a teenager all over again. You kind of revert back to that time where you had not a care in the world and all your hopes, you know, were, and dreams were, you know, attainable. Um, you know, before you were damaged. It just re- represents a time in your life, you know. Oh, where yeah. You were pure, you know. So that then and, and that's kind of uh, that's that's Van Halen. I can't compare. I can understand how you would see Kiss that way, but because I have so much emotional baggage with Kiss, they um, they they were this close to being that for me until I got involved with Eric. I'm sure if I had gotten involved with a Van Halen member, it would have uh, changed my outlook a bit. But for me, they are still, um, even though I had a slight. Um, whatever you call it with Dave, it, it, it was like uh, more like two ships passing in the night and, and I'm still not sure what happened. And that's the funny part of it.
3: I know. Now, yeah. now, now on this, on this kiss tour, obviously prior to the COVID delaying, it, and oh, yeah, David, David Lee, Le- Le-
0: For Kiss, that was hilarious. And you know, recently, and I couldn't put everything in the book, but I, I do t- talk in the book about how I, it was, I think this, Oh, right now we're in September. So it's yep. exactly two years since I ran into David Lee Roth. Told him, well, I went to, he was playing at a charity event uh, and I, he spotted me in the audience. I it's like a year in a row he played. But this time he noticed me and he sent security to get me and that's how I ended up backstage making an ass of myself talking like a babbling teenager. But anyway, he, <laughs> uh, he uh, asked, well, he, we were t- reminiscing about back in the day and he said, but we never sweetened the deal, like meaning we never slept together. And I'm like, yes, we did, because I thought we, <laughs> well, I, I thought we did. I thought we did because I slept over, but I didn't, I, I didn't, I thought it was my fault because I drank too much whiskey the night before to have the nerve to even go home with him. And so I assumed we did. I just thought I was too drunk to remember it. So when he said that I, we did it, I said, Yes, we did. But then actually later when I got home and thought about it, I'm like, you know, maybe he was right. It was 25. I was only 23. It was 25 years ago. So may I've been thinking all these years I had sex with David Lee Roth. Maybe I never <laughs> <did>. <laughs> yeah. neither of us know. And that's what that's it's sad, but it's funny. It's very funny. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, well, I guess I guess kind of gave the story away, but um yeah that was
2: I, <laughs> I, there's I plenty know, of good I, stories what in what there with dave
0: you, I, I don't know so like i like i kind of posted about it on social media the other day and i was like so did you did you Did just sleep with him and i'm like you have to read the book to find out where right yeah, if you read the book you're gonna find out uh, neither of us know but that's why the story <laughs> is so funny but so in the course of the conversation with him when he said we didn't we never sweetened the deal and i said yes we did and then we started talking about it and i said well we, have, we had spent a lot of time together when you read the book before the night that we slept together and he wanted to know why I always ran off I always ran away at the end of the night I just you know the ugly night lights would come up and I would disappear like like <laughs> Cinderella like or the pumpkin turned into a pumpkin at the end of the night but I'd go home to Eric so I told Dave only two years ago I said I had a boyfriend I had a boyfriend that, and he's kind of nodded seriously and he's like you did? Ooh. And I said, Eric Carr. And he kind of nodded like he was confused. And I said, you know, the drummer for a Kiss? And he's like, oh, yeah. So, so the whole, you've got to understand, this was so many years ago. And it's, and I would go home to Eric at two in the morning and like, be like, poke, 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 waking him up all hyper and excited about, guess was flirting, flirting with me all night? David Lee Roth. And he's like, oh, go to bed. You know, like, <laughs> like he, yeah, Eric, he knew that how much I was so in love with him, like he wasn't. Thank God he wasn't. Like every boyfriend I've had since Eric has been an insanely jealous person, and Eric wasn't. I yes, and that doesn't work with me. So hopefully I'll find someone again that is not insecure and jealous. But Eric um, wasn't, and uh, wasn't threatened by my ridiculous David Lee Roth crush, and um, and then when I did. I, I don't know. Like, like I said, it was it's like, you got to read the book. There's so many interludes between Dave and I, and I'm so in awe of him to this day, as if, I mean, it sounds like I know I'm really well talking to you, but I still feel like that 14-year-old girl that saw him for the first time. And I'm like, oh, really? You remember me? Like, I I make a complete asshole <laughs> of myself. Front, and he's like, Carrie, of course I know you. Like, you light up a room. You like, like... Uh, I think he knows me, but he thinks I'm uh, deranged and dangerous at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, and, and, and in any case, I did not do what I said two years ago. And I was like, I, I said I would send him a copy to approve. I'm sure he was just I, I, I bet he didn't even think that I'd actually a lot of people say they're going to write a book and who, who actually does it. Well, I actually did it, and uh, my hardcovers are going to be out soon. I still have his manager's business card. I am going to finally, I'm going to send it to him and say, "Hey, I promised you. I send you the book. Here it is. Hope you like it."
2: That's
3: with awesome.
0: No, with with no other expectations in mind. Okay, that's gonna that's gonna be my closure for making my an ass of myself in front of last lost my son.
2: Now <laughs> you have a lot of like. So one of the things that me I said to Tom after we, we both read it, we. Like when we were talking about it to eat with each other, I was like, I think, you know, and you said earlier, well, I had nothing really going on the last few years. I'm like, you have no idea when you talk about a lot of these things in your book that me and Tom are like, what? Like. Oh yeah, I just drove, I flew on a plane With so and so and so Yeah, I was on his private jet and we just went to this for the oh, weekend I know, yeah, I just didn't
0: even mention it's Yeah, like,
2: it's yes. there's <laughs> like, a meal, like Oh yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out with this guy Yeah, I dated Joey from Friends Yeah, I did this, I did this uh, yeah, And I'm no, like, dude, if I have to go to Tom To visit him in New Hampshire For the weekend to <laughs> hang out with him at his cabin It's like, I got a plan for six months I gotta <laughs> figure out shit And it's like a big ordeal you just fly all over the world, have this fun. You go wherever you go. You're like this, this adventure, this stuff. You yeah, live an exciting you know,
0: life. Opportunities. There was a little voice in my head that said, someday you're not going to have these opportunities. So you take one, everyone that comes along, take it. And, and I did. God bless and then you. I thought my life would change when my son came along. Uh, but the, actually I kept getting opportunities and I, and I kept taking them the last um life's gotten well i won't bore you with the last boring five years i had time to write a book because i was not flying around on Mm -hmm. private jets and things but um but yeah like life i I, i'm i'm so blessed to have a son who um my favorite person in the world and you read it in the book who (laughs) went he he was my biggest cheerleader and he said to me you know Carrie, if you had not taken risks in life, you would have nothing to write about. He said with high risk comes high reward. And that's when I said the apple doesn't fall far from the true tree. He is my son. Um yeah. and and he's right. And and if, if I had not done everything I did, I mean I could have played it safe. I, I could have said something differently. And sometimes yeah, I look back and go, Wow, I was crazy. But then again, I wouldn't have a book to write had I not been a little crazy, huh?
3: No, so that that no. that leads me that leads me to a question. So, <clears throat> kind of a two part question. Did anybody tell you not to write this book?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And B, <laughs> and 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 since the book has been out, have you have what what kind of feedback from family, friends, or from people in the book? Have you like like oh my god, I can't believe you put this in there, or I can't believe you said that, or like. Because obviously, writing a book, especially the kind of book that you wrote, which is amazing and and like Zeus said, raw and honest and filled with amazing stories and details and adventures and highs and lows and all kinds of emotions. I mean, it's a spectacular book. You know, and a lot of times people would people on your side might be like, "Well, Carrie, do you really want to do this?" Obviously of course, you did, I, of you know,
0: course. this has gone on and, and it was, it took me two and a half years to write the book, but it's something I thought about and originally started 27 years ago. So yep. maybe 28. So it, um, I was, I've, well, let's talk about the recent few years. So, uh, I went through probably five lawyers. I went through, uh, bullshit from family. I went through, um, uh, People with dumb opinions thinking that they were smarter than me, telling me uh, shelve the book until I book a TV series and then release it. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. If I book a TV series, then the book will already be out. So what, what's the harm in doing it now? Like, it, why wait? It's not like a, a movie where you release it in the theater the weekend and then you don't have another chance; it'll be gone. I mean, the, it's right. it's there now. So no matter what my career does later, it can only help mm-hmm. me. And I think that. And I had people tell me not to talk about John Elway because the Broncos were going to have hitmen come and kill me. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, not, wow. To fuck, not to fuck wow. with the Broncos because, yeah, if something happens to me. The Broncos are going to have me killed. it, I've heard it. I've I've heard, it. Um, I've, I've heard um, yeah, you know, I can't talk about Karen McDougall and Donald Trump. and uh, You know what? Well, and then but what makes sense to me is how come everybody else can talk about it and they can bring me into their press? And then, but I'm not allowed to have my side of the story. Um, and I had. Uh, lawyers are the worst. Sorry, you're a lawyer. But uh, the, the, I, I realized, and this is a great story about lawyers. I'm only going to share it. I wouldn't want to be boring to your audience, but because you're a lawyer, I'm going to share this interesting story about lawyers. So oh, I had boy. a couple best friends that were I thought my good friends that were lawyers. Um, and then some acquaintances, lawyers that I went through uh, trying to hire to help you know make sure that I was not going to get myself in trouble writing make sure i knew what the laws were and uh, protect me all that stuff um they all screwed me over they all were either dismissed me like a paul stanley would like i was a little nothing to them because they like represent steven tyler and they've big rich clients and they they, even though i was two of them by the way uh okay this is gonna turn into a long boring story got their career started Took them to the Playboy Mansion, introduced them to everyone, loaned them money to get their first apartments, got their careers off the ground. Now they have no time for me. These lawyer friends of mine, um, these two females, and a couple of male acquaintances. So I went through lots of lawyers trying to get help, who basically told me to be scared of everything and not, and I'd be crazy um, to do what I'm doing. And none of this, none of this made sense to me until I realized that unless a lawyer creates a problem, they have nothing to bill you for. So uh, this is the funny part of it. I really wanted a lawyer and I, my friends were lawyers. I'm not speaking to them anymore, but I just wanted somebody to, no, but I really, I, I wasn't and I would have paid them, but I wanted them to treat me like they cared about my project. Like just, just. Talk to me like a friend and you can charge me, but please treat me like you care about the project. That's all I really wanted was somebody that I could talk to like a friend that would care about it. Um, And then after I exhausted all of my so-called friends and acquaintances, I remembered that the guy that played my husband in Birdemic 2 was a lawyer, actually. And on the side, he was an actor. So he lives in San Francisco and he works for a law firm. And, and I remember he was like in the copyright and trademark business. So this is it gets funny. I told you I could write a whole nother book about the way that Jeez, I. I, yeah. me. I called. I. I don't, I'm sure you haven't seen Birdemic too. It was voted like the worst movie ever made. In- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and I play the tree hugger's wife. So my tree hugger husband is a lawyer in San Francisco, and he's who I contacted, and he said. I can't charge you because it's against like my company policy. But as a friend, he's like, I'll look it over. And I said, that's all I want. I just want a friend. And you know, he had so much fun. He was way better than my editors because he he said, this is so much more interesting than reading contracts all day. (laughs) Like he was so into it. And he caught Every little, little tiny error spelling people's names. Like, look, he was amazing. And the reason that the, and I tried so hard to find professionals and people I thought that loved me to help me. And at the end of the day, it was the tree hugger from, from Burdemic for me.
2: (laughs) I will tell you something, Carrie. I say this to my friends all the time. First of all, I do real estate in bankruptcy. So that's okay. I (laughs) know. I won't need you. Yeah. I know more scumbags in the lo- in the legal profession than any profession I know. I know they're all shitbags bags out there. There are plenty of them. But there are for le- attorneys, you will find there are deal makers and there are deal breakers. And that's what I always do with my clients. What do you want to have happen? Well, I want to really buy this house. So are you the type of person that's gonna get through those hurdles exactly. and get you yeah, over it? That. Or are you the guy that's gonna exactly. throw out shit and make exactly you feel like this is the yeah, the most important thing and cancel it?
0: I wanted a lawyer that would not create problems that would help me solve the ones I was facing. Advise me on the ones I'm facing, don't create new ones that aren't there. So that that's that's what I was facing, and and basically being dismissed, um, being dismissed because. I, I wasn't um, Paul Stanley, I wasn't Steven Tyler, you know, like I wasn't like big enough for them, I guess. And that's why I would like to give, if you were on camera, I would stick my middle fucking finger up at them right now. Um, I'm sure they're too busy to listen to a podcast, you know, but they're too busy with their miserable contracts they're revising. <laughs> But um, anyway, uh, too busy creating problems for other people. And I decided that I was not going to let them stand in my way and that anybody that was going to treat me in a dismissive manner doesn't believe, deserve to be in my book. And actually, their their names used to be in my book. They're in the story. And you can see who they are if you look close because they have been dismissed now. They are not uh, referred to as their name. They are friend or roommate or uh, just someone in general. They yeah, fuck them. If they're going to be dismissed, me <laughs> guess what? They're dismissed too. Fuck Goodbye. them. Yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Fuck them. People, people mistake my uh, kindness for weakness often, and I'm incredibly uh, capable and resourceful. And yeah, and don't and don't I, don't underestimate a woman's kindness for weakness.
2: Yeah, and Miss Marshall, fuck you too.
0: Fuck you, Miss Marshall. <laughs> yeah,
2: fuck you. Right, she
0: just retired, so good. She, no other kids will suffer. If you
2: want, <laughs> I can drive down there and throw something <laughs> at her house, egg her house you know, or
0: something. I, she's probably like 90 years old. Now I'll leave her alone, you know. All right, also, all right. All is I, forgiven.
3: Okay. So I won't. So as we kind of come around here full circle, like so can you can you answer if you've gotten any what kind of reception or I feed actually, feedback?
0: That's a great question because it's been the absolute opposite of what I expected. Okay. Um, I, I I really expected hate and trollers. I expected, yeah. I, I said, I'm, I had to say to myself, and I, I told a couple of my close friends and my son, I said, I may not be able to look at my own social media anymore. I may post and have somebody else handle it because I'm not sure I can, because I expected a flood of, uh shit and um I haven't had any um as a matter of fact I I revealed some secrets as you know that I ran past my son first and when I told him I was speaking of writing as I said there's some things you need to know about mom first uh, and I told him a few things the David Lee Roth thing first he laughed like a hyena and then I told him the Bernard <laughs> thing and he goes oh my god mom you are like 007 you're so cool I'm like really? <laughs> Oh, okay then. If you think I'm cool, then I'm writing the book. So um, I didn't. Uh, yeah. I, if that's all I needed, I needed my son's approval. And, Good. Uh, yeah. And and I, but I was completely prepared to be judged um, by and ridiculed by everybody else. And I have not had a negative word. Shockingly, um, my I my father, who's you know, I talk about him in the book. I was a scientist, and everything is black and white. I was so shocked yesterday when I got an email from him saying, I can't put put your book down. And I really think you should work on getting this turned into a movie because yeah, he said, I just watched a movie called Jolene and you should contact that producer because your life is so interesting. And I'm like, this is my dad. Yeah. He, even my, I, I expected, I don't know. him to find something in it to be mad at me about, but yeah, um, yeah, I've I've had I don't have a, I, when I I'm I'm hoping to gain a bigger female following. I don't have a large female audience, probably because I'm a playmate. So I have a very I'm like I'm like ninety two percent men following me on social media. I think every woman in America could learn something. Well, not America. I'm sorry, the world should could read, relate to um, my story, mm-hmm. especially about being a single mom and, and listening to the narrative that was told to me as a young girl and, and how that influenced my choices as a woman. Um, it's very empowering. Um, I'm hoping as, as it gets traction, the book gets traction, I'll get um, some more female following. But my the friends and acquaintances that are female, I do have, and male, actually have all said the same thing to me. Basically, no one can put the book down and they, they say how um, empowering it is and inspiring and, um, and everyone loves it. So I'm not really happy to say that I haven't had to deal with any negativity. And in my mind, I was prepared, but I told myself, you know what? For every hater you get, you're going to get a thousand more people that love you. So ignore them. And that's still what I'm going to do because... Um, there's not a lot of nut jobs out there, so I'm, you know, I'm sure I'll I'll get, it doesn't, it just doesn't come with the territory not to get them in my position. Um, I, so as as the book and my popularity grow, I'm sure I'll attract some, but that's my attitude. You know what? With a thousand lovers, you'll get one hater. Who cares? Let, you know, shrug it off. No, it's it's
3: a, it's a great attitude, and that's kind of the attitude that kind of, flows through the entire book from start to finish too and i think that's why the book is like has been such a huge success and why it it's such a great read because it was it's your story and you weren't concerned with anybody else's thoughts opinions or ideas you wrote your story <clears throat> and that's why it's the book that it is and we applaud well, you for that
0: i like thank you and then, and i rewrote it and rewrote it and, wrote and re- rewrote it. Like, you wouldn't believe how many revisions i made and it was only i think 2 weeks before i actually published it that I did a very strong revision. um, And somehow I I just stepped into my own power and said, this book is about me and anything that distracts too much from my story doesn't belong in the book that belongs Mm -hmm. in the press that belongs. If I want to talk about it in the press, but I want my book to be something that you can pick up in 20 years and never have heard of Carrie Stevens and enjoy the book. And I don't want, I want it to be authentic. Well, it is, I wanted it, it to be, and I succeeded in writing a very authentic book that doesn't, um, I could have, as you know, I could have um, uh, been a publicity horror. Like, uh, you know, like I, I, there, there was a lot of uh, places in there that I, I could have run, ran with some uh, trash and i chose not to and i because i was thinking long term yep. i was thinking long term and 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 i i want this to be it's my life story it's my legacy it's important to me that it represents who i am not what is going on today in the news not what my emotions are today because we all know your emotions can be something entirely different um tomorrow it's it's your life story is a, is a place you know for for who you, not who you, um, want people to see, but who you, how you want to see yourself and how you, you know, like say you died, you know, you look, what are people talking about at your funeral? You know, that's the way I was thinking. I wanted, I, who do I want to be? And I, I want to be, um, authentic. I want to be honest. I want to be true and I want to be unique. I, I don't, I, I, didn't pretend to be anyone I'm not. And, 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 why should I?
2: No.
3: And I think, and, and I, and I think that's, that's so well said. And you can, you can feel that throughout the book. And I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the book, and there's a lot of them was how you, you put a lot of attention and focus on how you wanted to end the book. Like that was a big deal yeah, to you. It
0: was hard. And,
3: and, 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 and the way you did it, you know, again, we don't want to give things away. We want people to buy the book and read it. But the way that you kind of wrapped it up at, at the end, that, that story that you told in to kind of tie up the, the story, it was, it, it was, it was great. It was, it was was,
0: story. You're talking about chapter 11, chapter 12. Yeah. The very well, other,
3: I, the I, I guess, I guess the, the story with you in Europe in 2018, um, I th- <laughs> kind of when you kind of, when you packed up and, and headed out on your own to kind of, you know, chapter you had,
0: 12.
3: yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I just thought that was a great way to kind of put the kind well, of the, that, the bow on the story.
0: Do you know, uh, the book was done for a year um, yep. before, before that. And then I, I had a big agent. I should contact him. I haven't even told him that I self published it because I, like I said, I think I could write a book about trying to get my book out. Um, and I'll never mm-hmm. know the truth, but I think there's people in high places that did not want my book to come out because am sure. Yes, I had the biggest, and not that they read the book, but a lot of people would be scared hearing I wrote one, knowing what I know. And actually I did them, a lot of them a big favor by not including, by not making them the center of attention. But you know what? I think that I'm interesting enough on my own uh, that uh, I don't need them. So, (laughs) and I'm very proud of that. I think I did a great book on my own without having to sell out. So Anyway, I think there were several people, now that you read the book, that I got a huge agency, the biggest agent I could have imagined, I like Just and it was, mm-hmm. I, I, he had it for a year, and I was very confusing to me how he could be so into it, and then nothing, 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 until, you know, all of this um, stuff started coming out in the press, gaslighting and all this stuff, and I started thinking, oh... Because there's a lot of people mentioned in that book that might also be with the same agency or they might play golf together. Well, yep. Who knows? But I'm now blown off. So, um, yeah, so I, it was when the pandemic happened. I think it probably had a profound effect in different ways on all of us. But for me, it was like, you know what? We don't know if we have tomorrow. I'm not waiting for permission or approval. I'm not waiting for somebody else to do it. I'm going to do it my way. And I haven't looked at the book in about a year because it was that, it was that April. The agent took it and this guy, you know, has huge stars like he does six million dollar deals for people he bragged to me about it. he turned down gene simmons books um but he loved mine and every he wants his teenage daughters to read it And he wants every woman in the world I was so powerful for women and then the guy blows me off so it was very fishy but it was so I, about a year went by and there was the pandemic and i that's when i said you know what i don't now i've stuck home i don't have auditions i'm i don't know if i have tomorrow so i'm doing this myself and the third week of the pandemic i snuck i know people of course from playboy hired one of their photographers one of their makeup, shot the, the, made my living room into a photo shoot photo shoot and i sat down and i reread my book before i released it and i went wait a minute this isn't the ending that's not the ending anymore i had grown so much in that past year the one you're talking about where i traveled by myself all over the world. And I'm so glad that it happened that way. Things happen for a reason. I'm glad that agent blew me off because basically I would have been giving up a, all of my creativity. I would have not been able to design that amazing cover that I did by myself. And the interior, all those amazing, the memorabilia, the photos, all of that I did, all of that, but meticulously chosen myself. If I had had a publisher and an agent, I would have given up all of my creative control, and it's so much better because I didn't. And not only that, I don't have to give them eighty or ninety percent of my profits either. So, um, so there's a lot, a lot of silver linings here, but the the best part of it is, yeah, I, I didn't give up my creative control and then i it wasn't released too soon because if it, yep. if it was released too soon, it wouldn't have been the same book it was because in that last year, chapter, the lab, where you're talking about right, go off to Europe and all, um, I grew so much in that year when I sat down and read my own book, I said, "This, but it doesn't end here. And so that's why um, I immediately fired off the last chapter that you're talking about mm-hmm. and it ties up so perfectly and neatly. That's where it was meant to end. And that, that, that um, I, again, I don't want to ruin it either. because I can't say the ending of the book or I completely ruin it, but um it's probably, I mean, I can't pick a favorite chapter, but when I read my last chapter, which I've read a million times and wrote it, I, I still can't stop reading it and it's my own story. So it's, yeah, that's exciting.
2: It's it's great. Absolutely. Zeus, you're going to say something. Yeah. So I remember because we start, you know, we obviously follow you from social media. I remember you putting up photos in Ireland and here I am reading your book. And this is the funny part because before we started taping people, we were talking and I was like, like this book reads well, I'll give our old buddy, Joey Casada, the same thing. Like I love you start too. Yeah. And yes. you read it because we're KISS fans. We read this because we met you through KISS. And you read it, and the KISS part and the Eric part is obviously touching and important for us. But there's so much more. So what I'm trying to tell is people in the shout out loudcast, fans, people listening, it's not just KISS. The KISS stuff is well, that, in there. Yeah, that, it's it's it interesting. Very
0: con- confusing. And I haven't begun to I actually really haven't begun to <clears throat> The book yet. This is only the second interview I've done. Um, I I I I I don't have um, I don't want a PR agency. I don't. I've been approached, of course. I I don't. It's kind of like you know what? I did all of this by myself. So I'm going to continue to. Um, I have my own social media. I have my own following. The more people that are reading this book and reviewing it, word is getting out. And um, I, I want it to happen organically. Um, I, I think that there's so much uh, more to the story than KISS. But the Kiss, mm-hmm. KISS fans are so loyal, which is amazing. They're loyal. And I love them for loving me and being so loyal to Eric like I am. And they're so interested in Eric after all these years. And that's why you know, they want to read my book because they want to feel close to him. And I'm so, oh my gosh, it's like, I can't even believe I'm the same person that I was when I felt so small, when he was sick and when they died and I was so young and I was 22 and I felt so small and helpless. And here I am. I created a platform and has expanded his legacy. I'm so proud of myself for doing that. Um, And, I, it's like our story, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it turned into, I didn't think it was, and it's not a book about kiss. I don't want to mislead yep. people into thinking. And that's why, by the way, I told you, I had all kinds of people giving me opinions. I had a publisher that wanted me to wear the kiss jacket on the book cover that, I'll, you know, yep. like, and I, I said, you know, it. it's a book about me. It's not a a book about Eric. It's really not a book about Eric. It's not a book about Kiss. It's about my life. It's my life story. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to be misleading. And I thought my cover design, I wanted it to look like the cover of a Playboy magazine. Um, and And my story is just basically about a Kiss fan that ended up, you know, whoever I, I don't know, what do you call me now? Uh, in a position to write about Kiss, <laughs> but, uh, but I also have a, I, you know, how do I say? It? There's so much more to the book that's not about Kiss, but somehow Eric always comes back because he's always been, he's been in my heart. He's been walking with me. He's he's my soulmate. So I I, I don't deny. Um, I try I tried for a long time not to do Kiss interviews, and I tried to. Yep avoid them and I it was too difficult. I'd end up being a mess for days. But you know, I I, I part of the healing was doing the Kiss Expo, facing fans face to face. That actually was really healing for me. Um to understand that other people besides me were not over him. I wasn't the only one holding on. Mm-hmm. Um so I had a nice you know bonding cathartic experience with KISS bands. And then of course that was the hardest part of my book to write. Um, and I rewrote the ending over and over and over. Because um, I, I didn't want... you. It, how do you end them? It was the most... Now you can understand why somebody so mad at Paul for exploiting it. The, the most painful thing I've ever gone through is walking into the funeral home and up to Eric's casket and then Paul has to go fucking write about it. Like I was a weirdo for being, and by the way, I couldn't, I, I don't know if I had a legal case, but the minute I heard that I texted Bruce, Loretta Bruce's ex-wife Christina. I'm like, did I do that? Did I do that? Did... And they were like, no, you didn't do that. Carrie, like just ignore it. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it, it was, it was not only, Hurtful, it was a lie. I mean, I, I it was so anyway. How did we get on him again? Pandemic Paul, about <laughs> pandemic, Paul. Onward,
2: onward. K- no, Carrie. <clears throat> what I was trying to say of uh, a like, I when I sat there, I like, I'm like, okay, we're gonna interview Carrie. Believe me, you have no idea how excited we were and how pumped up we were to get this interview. And then I'm like, I've got to finish the book. Cause I've, you know, everything's going on with life. The book just kind of came out and I'm like, I'm at my daughter's cheer event. And I was telling you before we started like, oh shit, I got to bang this out. And then Carrie's like, "Oh, banging my book," and I'm like, "Yeah," out. and um, I'm like, got the Carrie Stevens book in my hand with Carrie's cover, and I'm talking about banging this out in, in the car parking lot at my daughter's cheer event, and and we just started laughing and going on. and and I looked at Tom, and we were both like, "This is gonna, this is gonna be fun. This yep. is gonna be real. This is gonna be like this is she's like us. This isn't yep. gonna be one of those." So what's that's your favorite that's food? That's exactly. It. exactly.
3: Yes. Yes. Yep. And that's right. I,
2: I, I mean, I'm telling you that me and Tom feel like you are one of those people that when we've had you on our first time, like we could have you on a million times. You're welcome to come on with us. I, this was just, you know, way over here, like higher than we ever anticipated it being. You are as genuine. As you are beautiful This this was you know It's one of those things where it, You you for us we're fans We lose a, a guy like Eric We were you know I was We were college we were in college You're only a, a we, we're in the same age Group you, you look a thousand times younger And better than us but we're in the same Age group well, and we lost maybe. Eric then So We didn't really appreciate it much. And then now, growing up, and now we know you and gotten to know you, we've like, I can speak for myself. I'm sure Tom probably feels the same way. Like, I feel so much better knowing that Eric had somebody like you, not somebody that he dated back then. Never, oh, yeah, brings them up. Oh, yeah, I dated this guy, this guy. This guy and you had this such. Like a relationship that it's so evident that comes through in this book that it makes you feel like, oh, that's so great that he had you in his life, especially at the end. You this isn't just a passing thing. This wasn't a guy that you dated amongst the guys in this book. This is a soulmate. This is something that comes out genuine that makes us feel good about what's a sad moment in for Kiss fans losing Eric Carr. I feel better having read your book because yeah. I know that he was loved. And oh, if it doesn't
0: the nicest thing I could hear, Thank No, you so I mean, I
2: really, I feel that I think that kiss fans read that and be like, you're, you're, you're with us. Like you will protect yeah. him. You will do this. And I, and I know that you've talked about this a little bit and it's tough because we, we fans put this on you like, yeah, Hey, it's his anniversary. Hey, it's this, you know, this thing. Oh, it's, and, and, and it's emotional for you. And I I know you have that burden sometimes of being like in his family as well, of like carrying this on and it must be so hard for you to deal with this, but you must hear it from people like me and Tom, the kiss fans. We appreciate this and we appreciate you and and we love you for this.
0: It's been a burden and and difficult for me for many years. But now I can claim victory thanks to this book. I, I feel like I've risen above it and I've, I've won the emotional battle. I've, uh, yep. I've 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 fought the tears and I've 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 won. I'm i um, I, don't know how to explain that, but I. Uh, we know what you're I, saying. I didn't kill. What doesn't uh, What doesn't um, kill you? Kill you makes you stronger. And um, I know this sounds strange, but I think you get it. I I'm mm-hmm. still in a relationship with him. Just because he's gone does not mean I am not in a relationship with him. We are soulmates and it's still a love relationship. Um, And um, I think it's been empowering to admit that forwardly instead of hide from it because I thought people would think I was weird for thinking that way. So letting that go has been extremely freeing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, you're like, like Zeus was saying, you know, and, You've just been a a wonderful ambassador for for Eric's spirit, Eric's l- longevity of, a, a, in the Kiss world. Um, you know, I know we don't want to get people teary eyed, including you, but you know, well, I just
0: teary eyed all the time. Don't worry. About
3: it. <laughs> you know, and and I just I'm just I'm happy for you that this book came out the way it did, and I know that Eric would be thrilled to see this book. Um, And we're, and we're just so grateful that you embrace the fact, you know, that, that, that you come on a kiss show and you'll talk about Eric and you'll talk about other things as well. And that you don't shy away from, from being somebody that, that like Zeus said, that we can go to and, and, and share Eric's spirit. And, and, you know, we're just so happy that you came on our show to talk about not just your book, but that as well.
0: Well, thank you for having me, and, and and I agree. Eric would be extremely proud, and I'm, I'm. Uh, it makes me feel like, you know, like he's here right with us with this conversation. So yeah, I'm getting teary. I should just shut up now. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, I'm ahead, Car-
0: you know.
2: We're, it's all good, Carrie. Thank you again. We you would welcome. love to have you on again sometime. Shoot the shit about all sorts of the adventures in this book. Okay, all us KISS fans, non-KISS fans Should get it It is a fucking Entertaining read And if anybody um, Wants a recommendation They get like the greatest recommendation they will get from us It's a fun read It's out now, go get it Carrie Stevens, Unrated Revelations Of a Rock and Roll Centipole Carrie, thank you very much for joining us You're Carrie, welcome. thank you so much
0: I, I- Be happy to chill with you
2: guys anytime. You're great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carrie.
3: Stay safe and be well. Thank you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Bye. Bye.
3: Wow. Yeah. Big wow there. Um, As we said, kind of leading up to it, uh, very unusual interview. As you can see, uh, Carrie is a very emotional and a very passionate woman. um, And that's what we want. We want that from anybody on this show, opinionated, passionate, vocal, not holding anything back. There were times when Zeus and I were laughing because we just let her go. It was tough to get full bodied questions out because she just wanted to jump in and answer and talk. And we let her do that because she's she was the special guest. A lot of stuff there for people to digest and uh, just Uh, uh, amazing amazing
2: so we didn't go over parameters we came out of this looking to talk to her about her book uh, which we both love by the way yep what I've kind of figured out 24 hours later is Carrie has had all this back up frustration of all the stuff and as she said her This stuff is difficult for her. As you can tell, she's still crazy in love with Eric. She's still very emotional about this stuff. And I feel like she did the Kiss Expo in 18. That was hard for her. And then she's talked about this stuff a couple different times, a couple podcasts. And if you heard her say a couple Kiss, like, you know, fanzines and things like that. So, what I believe. Is that she found a safe place here I can talk about Kiss That know With a group of people That know Kiss But it's okay for me to say this She's not going to go to a Kiss Expo And be like, Paul Stanley was a dick to me Because we know what's going to happen Three-fourths of the people are going to stop throwing shit at her But here Is a group I would think That loves Kiss But as we say We don't give foot rubs here. So she gets the point that I can talk about this stuff. Get it off my chest. Vent of all these years of frustration. Has she talked about that Paul Stanley, Eric Carr funeral stuff? I don't think in much details like this. I mean, I've heard a few things where she's defended herself, but she got this off her chest and we just let her go at that point. I mean, there was a point. Like we asked the question, it was like 15 minutes later, and me and you were both like our jaws were dropping. Other than dying laughing at some of the stuff she was saying, it was just like, wow. And good for her. I felt it was therapeutic for her. She wanted to present her side. She did that. And we're glad that we got it out there for you. We're not going to pile on Paul here. It is what it is. You guys can make up your own minds. You know, we have our opinion. Uh, I still believe, as I said in the interview, that uh, I did say Gene and Paul, but it is really Paul. But I think Gene liked to say us, so he wouldn't be like the only one that was a dick to her. I, I, I just don't get it, what's in the book. And then he he made another point to it somewhere else, too, to talk about like her fiddling around with like, why would you bring that up It's similar to the shit about Why are you writing this book About how your second book About this is the way I'm I'm not telling you how to live but this is how I live And you know no regrets And be polite no need to that But by the way Peter Chris is a fucking asshole Loser like why do you Do things like your you're own worst Enemy sometimes And you're the last person that should Shit on anything or anybody Because you are the most sensitive person in the world. I just, I I don't get it.
3: Yeah, it was, it it was unique because we started out talking, presented as, you know, we're a kiss podcast. Let's talk about Eric. And obviously you guys are only hearing this. You're not seeing it, but like, like we, like we've said, she's very emotional and very, you know, Eric is still part of her and and i love that she was so brutally honest with those emotions um with us and the way that the paul section of the interview came out was so raw and so unscripted and so unexpected from us that we just let her go and you know you you hear us laughing because she goes off on a tangent about his appearance and his behavior and things but that's you can tell that that there there are some there are some wounds that have not healed and that paul is responsible for those wounds and that she wanted to get that out and 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 get that out to us but get that out to the listeners you know maybe not necessarily to to go at go after him per se and you know air dirty laundry but just be like hey this is what he said about me this is how i feel about it i need to defend myself i'm passionate about what he said about me, you know, you're bringing up Eric and you're saying these things, you know, you're dismissing me as just this playmate or, or or his behavior and his words. So we were not, we were not expecting that. We thought it would be, we did, we did talk about the book. Obviously we talked a lot about the book and the book is fantastic. I mean, you guys, you guys have to read it, but it was just, it was so enlightening to hear her talk, to learn about the kind of person that she is through the interview. Um, And we talked to her a lot before we hit record, too. (laughs) Yeah,
2: we probably talked to her more before we hit record. And we were like, shit, we should probably be recording this. Exactly. Exactly. um, We I just I for us, I felt that we got the truest Carrie Stevens that anyone's going to get. This was just two guys and Carrie in a room just talking and shooting the shit and, and, you know, about Kiss and what she went through. Look, we can talk about her awesome book um, revelations of a rock and roll centerfold in the book. I mean, there's parts and we'll circle back to this Tom, but in the book, yeah. I just want to tell you guys, it, it reminds me of Joey Casada's book where it's yeah. Kiss is a, a big focal point in the book. It's because Eric is throughout the book. Eric keeps getting brought up obviously, but you find yourself not really caring even though you're a Kiss fan because her story is so interesting just like Joey's and you're rooting for her along the way and all the adventures and you're rooting for her with her son and her life and her career and all this stuff that you're like holy shit I didn't know she dated this guy I didn't know she was friends with this guy I didn't know this guy was such a nice guy I didn't know this guy is such a dick first of all the big revelation to me is like we're huge sports guys. This book could have been marketed. Never mind Eric Carr and Kiss. This book could have been marketed just on John Elway. He's not amazing. just like one amazing thing in this book. Yes. There is a shitload in there. So if you're a sports fan, read this. It, there's a lot of shit in there that you're like, "Holy Christ, you didn't know this!" Fascinating stuff and. We, we talked a little bit about this, that she could have put a lot of more gossip and shit that she knew and heard being around with big celebrities. She didn't want to do that. She only talked about stuff that related to her. She didn't want to shit on people and make it tabloidy. She talked about her stuff. And She had no problem telling her about all the things she did. No problem telling her. No, no, you know, n- not ashamed, bold, proud. Good for her. And it's very empowering. I see that, and I'm like, god damn, go. And uh, she's got the initiative, went out, said, fuck this. I'm not going to listen to all these assholes that tell me I shouldn't do this or you can't do this. I'll just do it myself. And yeah, she had to deal with shitbag attorneys. There are millions of them out there. I know for a fact they are. And she just did it herself. So, and I'm sure Eric Looking from on high down low, I should say, and and is proud of his girl. she fucking did it herself. But you know, he inspired her, and they're and they're they honestly, it's it's very touching that one of our favorites, our meaning the kiss Army, Eric was really loved by somebody genuine, not somebody that, yeah, I dated Eric Carr and then goes around on the circuits. You know, oh, here's a Kiss Expo. I'll, I'll want to talk about uh, Erica. You know, it, it pits fucking aces. Whatever, Rachel Gordon. <laughs>
3: yeah, like that, yeah,
2: You know, do you think she really loved Ace or loves Ace? I, I don't even know if fucking any of the band members' wives love them as much as she loves Eric. Mm-hmm. You know, that's incredible, and it's very touching, and it's um. You know, it, it, it makes you feel good that Eric had someone like Carrie in his life. And Carrie has Eric's spirit with her. So that part is is the feel-good part, I feel, in this book.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I've said it. She's Just ex, extreme passion, extreme energy, extreme love for what she's doing now, what she has been through in her life with and without Eric. Um, And that interview was just the sound of a woman who – knows where she is knows who she is knows what she wants knows what makes her happy knows what doesn't make her happy um you know there was a ton of things that i had written down that we wanted to get to and we do that sometimes because we've had guests on we've been lucky enough to have some great guests on before and we don't necessarily know how the interviews are gonna go are these guests going to be very talkative and or, or or not you know so we have like I create, and I know Zeus does too, like boatloads of different questions and things just in case, you know, the answers are not long or maybe they don't have a lot to say, or maybe that's a topic they don't want to get to. So because Carrie had so much to say about so many things, you know, we, we did chat with her about the, the, the potential of maybe having her back sometime in the future to even talk more uh, because we did want to get to her book. You know, we, we did want to give her that ability to, to talk about her book and not just talk about, you know, kiss and Paul. But we gave her that avenue to do that because it was you you could tell it was time for her to purge her feelings with, like Zoo said, a safe place, a kiss podcast where say what you want and no one's going to stop you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. Hopefully you guys will go out, run out and buy her book because you should. It's an awesome read. Unrela- uh, Unrated Revelations of a Rock and Roll Centerfold by Carrie Stevens. Honestly, I mean, the first couple minutes we talked to her prior to recording, I told her, I'm like, I picked up this book and I was, you know, I I didn't know how long it was going to take me, but I banged this thing out. She's like, oh, you banged one out to my book? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, yep. You know, and there were times where we were talking and, you know, you're talking to her, and she's such a stunning woman. Oh, God. That We're on Skype, and we're talking, and I'm like, holy fuck. Look at, like, her eye. Like, she's so stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And just so pleasant. Got a smile on her face. So, you know, very inviting, very warm. Not a cold bitch or stuck up. Like, that could have been, like, you know, time is money. Let's go. Like, very warm. Very very uh friendly just a great great time with her and we we couldn't be happy enough tom
3: yeah absolutely um just very it was just exciting for us and uh and it was it was surprising in a positive way not that i had any not that either one of us had any preconceived notions of of who carrie was or what to expect but you you know you're always like okay we don't know this person we want to have him on and then just to be blown away by the by the by the 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 openness and the pleasantness and and the rapport that we had and the fact that we could have kept going all night long. But, you know, we know that we need to we want to keep these episodes at some kind of length. This one's going to be another long one, and we hope you guys enjoy it. But we want you guys to enjoy this interview. Take it for what it is. You know, I'm sure there's going to be things that we say or ask, and I'm sure there's going to be things that Carrie says that you might be, you know, that, that you might not want to listen to as a kiss fan but that's that's life that's what happens when you when you're listening to specifically our show where there's there's no no whole no nobody's holding back and uh and that's what we wanted from Carrie and she sure as shit did not hold back no
2: and she what about the other revelation about Gene saying no, no 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 you can tell your story tell it to me put it in exact words how you felt that we were wrong exactly and yep. he let her publish it I mean she it's had a lot of, po- she had a lot of
3: positive things to say about Gene about how Gene may, you know, completely honest and opi- you know, exactly where he stands. There's no mystery about it. And that's what he wants from, from people that he's around too. So she had, she had positive things for the most part to say about Gene. Tommy's yeah. obvious, obviously her opinions on Paul. Woo. God damn
2: brutal. Yeah. But that's honest. She's friendly with Eric. Yep. Tommy's the one who invited her when she was over in Europe yep she's obviously very close with bruce mm-hmm. so she still loves the band she just and like she said if if paul never brought that up she wouldn't really have had a problem she probably wouldn't have said shit but she you know she went after him and um you know i don't like hearing it i, I to me i like thinking of him as one of my heroes and my, uh, and, and, and someone that I like to think of as a friend and somebody that I root for, I don't want them fighting. I don't want to know that Paul was a dick, but I don't know how I could read that and not think he's a dick because yeah, it still bothers me. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things that we need to learn to accept. That's Paul. Mm -hmm. That's how he is. Um, He may say some things, he may be cool about certain things, but there's uh, some aspects of him that we don't have to like and accept. And it is what it is. She's not on there telling us, you don't have to like Paul. You can't be talking to me if you like Paul. She's right. not. She's just, no. she got the chance to get it off her chest and she did. And we're glad that she did. And she, we're glad that she shared it with us. She's got an open form, an open invitation to come back here anytime. And we hope that you guys like this. And again, sorry, it went on for a little bit, but she was on a roll. We weren't going to stop it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't tell Carrie Stevens to stop talking when she's talking, especially when she gets passionate about something. So we let it go. And, um, again, we're, we're hoping that you guys, uh, enjoy it. We're expecting
2: some, we're expecting feedback on this and we want it. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that. And Tom, what we usually do is we go to questions next. So we have this is an email and a question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read
3: this email with the question. So this is from Spencer Perry. Hello, Tom and Zeus. So he must be a new listener. He's catching up and he's uh talking about the hot in the shade episode. So he says, I'm listening to the hot in the shade episode. Right when you start talking about Rise to It, Tom stops to remind us all that the song is one of those that would have been huge for another band, but for Kiss in nineteen eighty-nine, there just wasn't enough attention to the group to have that song break through rise to it stalled at number 81 on the charts with the benefit of the whole catalog in front of me i can say that 1980s kiss is awesome the music is not the same as the classic era but it's fun i get the sense that bon jovi motley Crue, poison and other bands were so big to the point that there was really no room for kiss in the 80s on that note what was it like to follow kiss in the 80s can either of you provide some context how many friend groups had a quote that guy who always wants to talk about kiss back then versus the seventies. So great email. Thank you, Spencer, for sharing that with us. It's awesome. And thank you for catching up on the episodes. The hot in the shade album review was awesome. Cause we both love that. But to answer your question, what was it like to follow kiss in the eighties Zeus? You want to kind of start with that? Cause we were, we were teenagers in the eighties when they, when they took the makeup off.
2: So, I would call myself a jock back then. Yep. Played sports my whole life. I think you played uh, football. I played hockey. Mm -hmm. So when we would, during this time, there would always be hair metal is what it was called, what it's called now. But that music was played in all our locker rooms before the games, after the games at parties, we listened to rock. I coach now. I don't understand these fucking kids playing the hip-hop shit right now in the locker room. I'm like, are you guys going to dance with each other? We got a fucking game coming up. What the fuck is this music? Put on some ACDC, you fucking little shits. I, I don't get it. But regardless, we all play that music. Kiss was in the rotation for everybody else. My friends growing up in high school and stuff knew I liked Kiss. But I didn't have that buddy to be like, oh, Kiss has got this. Let me go out and do it. Kiss was my secret. Favorite. I had all their albums. I would buy the magazines if they had something come out. I loved Kiss. I would buy the things about Kiss, but nobody else. I had shared it until I went to Stonehill and met you. How about you, Tom? And that was that was not until the that was not until ninety one.
1: So right, right.
3: Go so ahead. So yeah, so the eighties it was different because I think it I think it depended on where you were already. As as a Kiss fan, if you were a Kiss fan, which Zeus and I were, we were we were fans of the of the classic era. So watching them kind of evolve into that eighties band, which we both agree was awesome, we still love it. It was different because a lot of people thought like, okay, they're following trends, but you know Bon Jovi's awesome, and Motley Crue, and Tesla, and you know Ozzy's putting out these great albums, and you know Kiss is good, but ah, I, I mean, I still like them. But then there were other people who maybe were younger, or you know the time frame may have been different, where they weren't fans of that classic makeup destroyer era, and they were discovering, you know, Animalize and Asylum. They're like, "Holy shit! Oh, okay, this Crazy Nights, this song's fucking great. Heaven's on fire. That video is is awesome. You know, the, the, these albums were great." So I think it kind of depended on where you were. I mean, I'll be honest with you. There were parts of me that drifted away from some of the 80s Kiss. I I followed Lick It Up. You know, the Heavens on Fire video was great. You know, the Asylum videos were crazy and great. So Kiss was always a part of my life. But like Zeus, I had, I think, one friend in high school that was really into Kiss. And that's who I went with to the Hot in the Shade show, my first concert in 1990. Kiss was kind of really, you know, when Forever came out. That really put them back in the mainstream, you know, especially with, uh, you know, girls and, and, you know, it was a huge hit, but, but like you said, like playing sports, we weren't listening. No one was listening to kiss in the locker room. I mean, for us, it, you know, it, yeah, it, it, I it, mean, it, they
2: it, were in the rotation. They weren't anything special. They were in the rotation.
3: Yeah. But, for us, it was mostly ACDC Motley crew and yeah, Ozzy. and Aussie.
2: Yeah. I want not know about Ozzy, but like. Motley Crue, definitely AC/DC in Def, uh, Def, Le- Def Leppard, Zepp, too. yeah Def Leppard, uh, and then the other the other stuff started coming out and that was getting played. But for me, AC um, Kiss was you know they were in the rotation. They were my secret band that I yeah. loved the most. But yep. I wasn't going to a party and turning off Guns N' Roses, saying, "Hey, put on fucking fucking uh Raid off of Love," right. No,
3: yeah, and you're right. There you go. Guns and Roses. That 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 was probably the hugest yeah. band in high yeah. school. Yeah.
2: So that's that's what I'm saying. But yep. yeah, they 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 had their role, and then uh, they were still like. I think I was more into Kiss in the '80s than you were.
3: Yes, it and sounds then, like you were. And
2: then, yeah, and then you know it, we all we each got caught up later on, and we caught yep. and when we met in uh, at Stonehill.
3: That's right. But uh, great, great, great email and great email question combo there. Thank you, Spencer Perry. Much appreciate that. Was a good one.
2: Yeah. And so, Tom, when people email us and call us and not call us, but uh, send us messages, where can people find us?
3: So our email address is shout it out loudcast at gmail.com shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. As you can see, we read every single email. Um, we will either read them on the air or respond to them sometimes both, but we, we do not ignore your emails. So please use that, that form to reach out to us, give us feedback, ideas, questions, whatever. And uh, then we're all, we're on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, very active, as you can see on all of those comment, interact. Uh, that's what we want. We're, the show is for you guys. We love doing it, but we love doing it because you guys want to hear it and get involved with us, and w- it's all about involvement. Um, we're part of the great Pantheon Podcast Network, uh, so you can hear our show everywhere and anywhere that you can that podcasts are available. If for some reason there's a platform that you prefer that you can't find us, you let us know, and we'll, you know, we'll hopefully we can get that taken care of. Uh, we have an awesome Facebook uh, KISS group. Shout it out, Loudcasters. Check us out there. Be a part of that group. we got uh, over 600 people on there right now, so we have a ton of fun on there. And uh, if you're looking for some cool Shout It Out Loudcast gear, uh, it exists. You check out our friend Ed. He's got an awesome shop called ClickTShop.com. Click with a K. Um, He mostly deals with KISS-inspired gear. It's amazing, amazing stuff. But he also was the one who designed our logo. And sells awesome shout it out loudcast merch as well. So uh, give our buddy Ed uh, a look if you can. Click tshop.com.
2: Yep. So, Tom, I always like to repeat the email and that's shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And there is one I do want to read, Tom, to give you an example. Yeah. And this is from uh Corey Simpson. Corey uh, writes to us and says, Hey, my boyfriend, who is a huge Kiss fan, loves your podcast. Hi, uh, Corey's uh, boyfriend. Absolutely, uh, thanks, Corey's boyfriend and Corey. <laughs> yeah, and said I had to listen to you guys. I've listened to two podcasts and loved them both. Can't wait to listen to more. You wow. both rock. That's that awesome. might be our second girl that's interacted with us after Carrie. <laughs> I
3: know, Corey, thank you. That's great. And uh, thank you to Corey's boyfriend for listening to us and for getting the, uh, the lady friend in there involved. What, what's more
2: exciting than guy and girl shouted out loudcast? Oof, I don't know. Nothing's better than that. AdamandEve.com with promo code loudcast, Tom. Absolutely. And everybody's happy. Woo! Yeah. All right, Tom, when we finish up with that, we usually go to famous last words. What do you got? A little danger.
3: A little fun. We're gonna take them one by one. Walk the wire of desire, and if you dare to take it higher, and I'll tell you right now, Spencer, I had this song lyric picked, ready to go before I even saw your email about rise to it tonight. So we're on the, we're kindred spirits there when it comes to this song, buddy.
2: Good one, Tom. Yep. What
3: All do you right. got there, partner?
2: Haven't you heard? Only one solution. Gotta spread the word. Tell it to the people right now. <laughs> Take a look around. Feel the new sensation. The world on fire. Rock the nation. Beautiful. Eric Carr with a, with a little bit of a uh, help on the lyrics on that one. Yep. Tip of the hat to Kerry. Um, I want to thank Kerry Stevens, Tom, Kiss Army, and all of you out there.
3: Yeah, we want to thank Kerry so, so much for taking the time. We know this was a long episode, but sometimes they need to be long to, to get you guys what you want to hear and what we want to do. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoy this one, and please let us know. And as always, thank you for being a part of Shut It Out Loudcast. Peace out, Girl Scout.